Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly D. Hey, it's me, Dr. Drunk. The tables have turned. I'm fucking drunk. And with me is... Oh, yeah! Oh, man. You know what? That's Ian Wadley with his with his uh, trademark um, uh, bottle opening, can opening beer. But here's mine since I'm drunk. Listen. Oh, it doesn't sound too good. Uh, that, that's, my, that's my wine glass hitting a wine bottle. Wait, let me see if I can hear just a wine glass. Here. Listen to that. Ain't that, ain't that pretty? Oh, that was a good year. Yes, I'm drinking some fucking Sutter home like a man. <laughs> well, I drank all these different wines all day today, and I'm running low. Well, no, actually, I have three more bottles. I don't know what they are, but uh, I had I had um, um, Gnarly Head. Have you had that? Uh, yeah, but I never drank it. <laughs> I see what you did there, bro. I got gnarly head today too, man. Nice. But um, and uh, I had a, a couple bottles of gnarly head. No, I had, well, no one bottle of gnarly head. And now I'm halfway done with a bottle of Sutter Home. And I ha- and and the bottle of Sutter Home is like one of those real big fucking bottles. I ain't playing around. Anyway, it's the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. And for all you spoiled listeners out there, you have no idea what Ian, poor Ian's been through. And uh, and what I've been through because I haven't been able to do this show in quite some time because poor Ian's going through a lot of shit. And uh, and oh and by the way, what Ian's going through is none of your fucking business. Thank you. Right. So uh, we're always backlogged on episodes, but boy, we're out. We only have one episode left, and we're about to air it this Sunday, which is heaven and hell. So you know, you guys are hearing this the, the following week, and. Th- Ian, I don't think this has ever happened since we started the show. No. We've, we've no. never been low, this low on episodes. Never, ever. And, you know, there may be a, a coming weeks, you may we may have to postpone an episode. Because things are tough, man. Things are tough all over. That's right. As that, as that shitty Cheech and Chong movie said. <laughs> hey, I have hair piece. Hair piece on my head. That's the only part of that fucking movie I like. <laughs> Hair piece, yeah. Anyway, I'm excited. I love Ian. I missed him. I, I love the show. I miss the show. And um, we're doing this on a, a Friday night, which never happens. Because we always do this on Saturday mornings. And I, I can't get drunk. But, you know, Ian, Ian likes getting drunk on Saturday mornings. That's true. And I don't work tonight. I gave up going to see Heart Cheap Trick. <laughs> And Joan Jett to do this. Well, not only to do this, but you oh, know, sure. just, now you make me feel bad. No, no, actually, there was other things like this girl that came over today. She had to leave early because I have to go see art. And then I, you know, and then when you told me Friday night, that's what clenched it for me. I go, you know what, bro? This girl's gonna stay as long as she wants, and I'm gonna get drunk, and then I'm gonna do the fucking podcast drunk. It's not like I haven't seen Hart before or Joan Jett and she Trick. So I'll live. If it makes and, it, if it makes you feel better, we can play these dreams, you know, over this part. Uh, can I sing it for you? Yeah. 
It'll, make you, it'll bright your day here. Okay. These dreams go on when I close my eyes. Every moment I'm alone. I live another lone barracuda. <laughs> I like that. Thank you, thank you. All right, so uh, anyway, uh, Ian. Yes, do sir. Do we have any iTunes reviews? We oh, haven't even checked. Oh, oh shit! No, we we do. Hold on. Oh, uh, we do. All yeah. right, so we're gonna uh, while Ian while Ian uh, looks for the iTunes review, I'm gonna sing another hard song. Here All right. Go. I love rock and roll. To Wait put a another Duvok, baby. I, I oh, no, no, I'm sorry. sorry. That, that's not hard. That's the bangles. All right. Um, um, vacation all I ever wanted. Vacation having to get away. Vacation, yeah, yeah, we got the beat. I like that you got, one. You got, you got the iTunes review? That's off their album, Dreamboat Fanny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, why, why don't you hit me with uh, All I Want to Do is Make Love to You. All I Want to Do is Make Love to You and hit me with your best shot and fire away. Nice. That's the uh, Pat Benatar featuring Neil Giraldo. Don't forget to mention his ass. Yeah, and if you forget, he'll remind you. Yeah, he'll slap <laughs> Pat around. <laughs> you know he's beating her up. You know that. Come on. He's got the He's beat. a face breaker. <laughs> All right, you got the iTunes review? No, it's it's, it's, it's loading up. <laughs> All right, I'll keep I'll keep singing another song. Here's a song that I that came on my iTunes the other day that reminded me of you, Ian. All right. It, it reminded me of you because you hate the song, so oh. I'm going to sing it for you. All righty. Yesterday has been and gone. Tomorrow will I find the sun, or will it rain? Okay, I found the reviews. I found the reviews. All right, good. I knew that was going to load quick. <laughs> All right. Do this song. I'm so tired. Go ahead. All right. Uh, we do have uh, two iTunes reviews. Two. Yes. Like, who do? <laughs> uh, this one is by, I, I think it's, Rich, Rich D zero eight three zero. I think you're right. Oh, oh, th this is uh, Rich Delise from our, from our Facebook page. All right, Rich Delise. Let's hey, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. This is for Rich Delise right here. There you go, Rich. Bring out right. your dead. Bring hey, is that good? Or I'm deleting you that. <laughs> All right, he says uh, this is a five star review entitled uh, "Subscribe." You won't be disappointed. Uh, he says, and I quote, Ian and Ralph do a great job doing an in-depth track-by-track review of some of your favorite classic rock and metal albums. They do it with great insight and humor. Subscribe. Promise you won't be disappointed. Thank uh, you. That, that was awesome. Yes. I like that. Thank you, Rich. And, uh, Rich? and long time. Rich has been uh, on our Facebook page pretty much since the beginning. So he's a long time listener. First time, yeah. first time reviewer. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. I'm subscribing to him. And then we got one here. Um, I kind of have mixed emotions about this one. Uh, there's something that irks me about it, even though I do appreciate all our reviews. But uh, this one is a four-star review. Four? Well, look, not everybody will get 
um, you know, the greatness of the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. Right. Uh, this is a... You know, not everybody loves the Beatles. Yeah, well, they're wrong. Um, this is a four-star review by Pol Pot Sucked, entitled Good Time. And Pol Pot Sucked says, and I quote, Listen to a few dozen of these now, and they are great. Really enjoyable. That's it. All right, you see, Pol Pot smokes too much pot. He meant to give us a five, and he had a four. So I, I excuse him, and I like Pol Pot a lot because a guy that gets that fucked up that he that he means to give us a five, and but gives us a four, that's comedy right there, and that's the p- type of people I want to listen to. It. You know, he's cool and all, but I would really love a guy out there that's so fucked up on heroin that he gives us a one when he tries to give us a five. <laughs> How cool would that be? We get a one star from a guy going, they rule. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm you know I'm all for heroin, but uh, uh, I I don't know, I don't know if this is Stephen Elliott, who's uh, kind of new to our page, but uh, he's he's I can't get a read on this dude. I think he's a Hagar guy, uh, and I think he likes to to troll a little bit, you know. Uh, and I heard then he likes his cousin Joe's music. Later on, not the early Joe's music. <laughs> Joe Elliott. Ah. You but, like that one. But, uh, yeah, a, 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 a four. A four, a four I'm sorry, Ian. I was just going to say. Four. <laughs> now you know what it's like to be me on the other end of your drunken ass. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, shit. I can't even think about what I was going to say. But, but four stars. Four stars? I, I, I don't know if I'd rather have one star. Four stars? I don't know why. This just really rubbed my fucking ass the wrong way. Hopefully one day you can punch him in the face so he can see some stars. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I'm related to Pol Pot. God damn it. He, he was misunderstood. Do you, do you know who Pol Pot is, Ralph? No, no I don't. He, he was a vicious dictator. Who killed, was. He killed a lot of people. He, uh, he wasn't a very nice man. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Uh, fuck Pol Pot. Yeah, Pol Pot. People America. <laughs> All right. Well, those are our iTunes reviews. Uh, we did get a couple more five-star ratings, uh, but we're simply ratings um, without uh, reviews. But, hey, you know, if you're too lazy to type a review, at least leave a five-star review. Uh, so thank you. Uh, yeah. You are going to do the news, and, and I am going to rebuttal. And we're not even prepared. No. So I, I just said, because Ian's like, well, dude, I go, let's do some music. And Ian's like, well, dude, like, I ain't ready. I go, fuck that, dude. Give me a second. I went out blabbering out. I go, okay, I'm ready to go. Let's go. I got news right here in front of me. All right. So we're just going to wing it, all right? Here we go. Here's the first story I see. Ex-Megadeth guitarist Marty Freeman authorized documentary in the works. Um, all right. Uh, I think that uh, this documentary would rule if he finally comes out and says that he takes it up the ass. Yeah, uh, I, I could give a shit less. I uh, I am not a Marty Freeman fan. Really? I I I am not saying the guy can't play guitar, but uh, it just you know his heart's not in metal. He's by far he's definitely not my favorite Megadeth guitar player. Uh, I would take uh, fucking Chris ba- Broderick. Oh, Definitely this this Kiko. Oh, oh yeah, Chris Poland. I love Kiko. I'd take this Kiko or Kaiko or Gecko or 
who's who's the guy right now? That plays? Let's not get anti-Semitic. No, I, no, I, I like that guy. That guy's amazing. And uh, these guys, you know, all the other guys I mentioned, I think they live and breathe metal. Where I think, I think Marty was always uh, the wrong fit for Megadeth. I mean, even though you, you know, Rust in Peace is perfect, but I think, yeah, I, I think he took it as a job. I don't think his heart was really there. And if anything, I, I think he helped lead Megadeth into, you know, risk. You know, well, so. I'll agree with you. Where when it comes to fucking Russ and Peace, that motherfucker was on. I think he loved metal then. Then. Yeah. I don't know. And he just Russ and Peace was dude. He played dude. Tornado Souls that solo. Holy, holy Toledo. Oh yeah, it's great. But it's just to me, like okay, if he wasn't playing on a Megadeth record, it would have sounded like that cacophony, you know, Jack Offery uh, shit he was doing before. Like, you know, I'm not a fan of that. I just think it's like. I, I think it was a job to him. Like, I don't like my job, but I go there every day because it pays. And I, right. I, I, I kind of think that's where he was with Megadeth. And then I think if he follows his heart, you get Jack Offrey, like Cacophony, and, and the J-pop shit he's into. I think that is the true Marty Freeman, and that doesn't interest me. Where I think the other guitar players, like, you know, your Chris Poland, your Chris Broderick, uh, you, you know, I, you know uh, Kiko... Is that is that how you pronounce it, Kiko? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it right. Got it. I, 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 their hearts are 100% into it, and I, I think they truly love metal and and like being a Megadeth, and I think he just, it was a job. So I don't care about his documentary. I'd rather see a documentary on Jeff Young. I'd be more interested in that. Well, you see, um, I, I'm digging the news, bro. All righty. Yeah, you see that? We're not even prepared. And look, first story, we got a lot of shit. But I, I'm, I'm weaving through all this shit. Uh, I'm trying to find some other ones. Okay, here's, here's one. Riot 5 to perform Fire Down Under show with guitarist Rick Ventura. Um, uh, can, can I say something about this, Ian? May I? Yeah, of course. Um, well, at least they call it Riot 5. But you are aware there's not one member of Riot. Right, 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 right. Like, yeah. Mark Real passed away. He was the only original left. Right. And he died. You want to hear something funny? I don't know if I've mentioned this before on the show. Right. Oh, hold on. It's not funny, though. Okay. Um, Riot was on the 70 Tons of Metal cruise in 2011. I was on the cruise. Now, Mark Real was not on the cruise because he was in the hospital because of leukemia, I believe, that he had. Yeah, something so like that. He, yeah, he couldn't make the cruise. So, Riot was there. And dude, we got the news that Mark Real died literally 15 minutes before Riot was about to play. Ew, that sucks. And bro, I, honestly, dude, it was pretty touching because there were actually guys in the guys, like these big burly metalheads with leather vests and patches and shit, crying while they were on. And uh, they cried too. They all cried and had a moment of silence. And they kick so much ass, and they're like, Mark would have liked this. But, you know, I mean, they're going on without him, and they're calling themselves Riot 5, which is cool. I didn't know this. I just found this out right this second. I thought they were just called Riot. But you know what, dude? I'm not the type of person that would would be against Riot going on without no original members. Because you know why, man? Mark Real was a true motherfucker. It was a great thing. And he worked hard to have Riot survive. That If, Riot, if he dies with Riot, would be a damn shame and you know what some of these guys were on thunder steel which right. is a great 
classic Riot album. Right. I mean, I think these guys were in Thundersteel. I know the the lineup that I saw on the boat, but uh, they're playing Fire Down Under uh, to perform Fire Down uh, in their entirety. And I really love that album. Do you, are you aware of that album? Oh, I, I absolutely love that album. I play that a lot on my show, and uh, I, I, I hope it's successful because I know they're competing with Bobby Blotzer's Riot 5. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, you got to decide which version you're going to see. The one with no original members or the one with no original members. Uh, right. You know, but uh, I-, I love those songs. And uh, and it's one of those things where I think those songs, you know, especially a band like Riot, which never got over that big. You, you yeah. know, I mean, I mean, really, you got to be into that shit to even know who Riot is. Total uh, cult band. Right. But, I mean... Just, just the fact that somebody could hear those songs. I mean, somebody could hear Outlaw or Swords and Tequila for the first yeah. time and, and make them a Riot fan. Uh, I'm all for that. So the, to, just to know those songs are still being played and could potentially uh, create new Riot fans, hey, I'm behind it. Because, I mean, let, let's be honest. It's not like, you know, some guy's going to make a million dollars off this shit. The best thing they're going to do is keep the legacy, you know, alive, which I'm all for Feel the same. What a great song. Yes. And there's not a bad song on that whole album. Even that, I don't know if you ever got that CD that has like 20 bonus tracks. Uh, all, all those bonus tracks were great too. I, I don't think I have that edition. I think I just, I just have the regular album. All right, cool. Well, that's good news. That's right. It's still going on without any original members to keep the... And you know what? Just to let you know, I did see Riot with Guy Speranza twice. Oh, really? Yeah, I saw... Um, I'm not sure you got it, because I never heard a riot. The first time I saw them was when they opened for Black Sabbath on the Heaven and Hell tour with the Johnny Van Zandt band. It might have been Rock City or one of those earlier albums. Then I saw Riot open for Rush on the Moving Pictures tour on um, uh, uh, the album we're just talking about, Goddamn Fire Down Under. And dude, here's the ironic part. Neil Peart was stuck in the Bahamas. They weren't opening the gate, and dude, a big fucking riot. I actually uh, uh, smelled tear gas. A guy with a two by four hit a cop over the head. Holy shit. And a cop, and the cops came out with tear gas canisters and shot it right into the crowd. And I was in the crowd and I almost died. I, I, I fell and I was getting trampled and my friend Claude uh, grabbed my arm and dragged me out. He saved Claude, I love that guy. Yeah, well shit, I love him too because if it wasn't for him, you wouldn't have the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. That's right. So you'd be you'd be on the Terrence and, and Friends experience. <laughs> oh my! But yeah, but but my point is, I did get to see Riot twice with guys for ads. I mean that lineup. I mean, goddamn! The first time I saw Riot at the That's Miami awesome. Highlight. I'll be right back. I gotta pee. Well, okay, he's gonna go pee, but I'll continue the story. The first time I saw Riot, I didn't know who the fuck they were. And it was the very, it was the second show I ever went to. No, that's not true. The third show. My second show was The Cards. And uh, I went to go see uh, Black Sabbath and Riot Open. And I was just so floored how good they were and energetic. And I couldn't find their albums anyway. It might have been Narada, the first album. I don't know. Whatever album came out in 1980. But I did end up getting a copy of Fire Down Under. And, uh, which I don't know why I bought it. Because look at that fucking album cover. But for some reason, I took a chance and bought that shit. And oh my God, it's one of my favorite hard rock albums of all time. Anybody out there that doesn't have Fire Down Under, do yourself a favor. 
and please buy it. So after that uh, rush show, Riot came down on Thundersteel. I have a ticket. I still have the ticket. And they canceled. And I didn't find out it was canceled until I walked up to the door. And they said, oh, no, they're not playing tonight. I was like, fuck. So I never got to see the Thundersteel lineup. But I did get to see the Thundersteel lineup on the boat without Mark Real. So that worked. And that's my Riot story. So uh, I'm ready for the... You ready for the next uh, news story? Next story. Phil Lewis and Tracy Guns are back together for an LA Guns reunion of some sorts. Uh, yeah, this one is is kind of weird, and I've been trying to find some shit out because I was like, well, who's it gonna be? Because um, it was a weird thing with you know who owned the name. Basically, uh, Stephen Riley, the drummer, I believe. Own, own the name, and and uh, there was a lot of bitterness between him and Tracy Guns, and Tracy says he'll still never play with them. I'm like, so, you know, because there was the two versions of L.A. Guns, then then Tracy Guns gave up his version, you know, started a couple other bands, uh, but now the big thing is it, it keeps, it's like Phil Lewis and, and Tracy Guns, and they're talking about doing a new album, but uh, to my knowledge, uh, uh, Stephen Riley won't be involved, and I don't know if anybody else from the classic lineup like uh, Kelly Nichols or Mark Grips will be involved. Uh, I would like to see some of the original or, you know, the classic era involved, but right now it looks like it's probably going to be Phil and Tracy and and, uh, and and some, you know, side men. Uh, but, you know, you know, you got you got the songwriting team there with, with Tracy and... and uh, and uh, what's his name? Phil Lewis. So maybe it'll be good. I'd like to see, you know, you know the classic lineup, but I doubt we're gonna get it. But I'll check it out. Hey, if it's great, it's great. They made some great albums without Tracy after he left, so uh, I have high hopes. Yeah, um, Tracy Guns, believe it or not, is one of my favorite guitar players. Really? He really is. I think he's one of the greatest guitar players ever. I I think he's just phenomenal. All right, so, oh, okay, here's next story. You ready for the next story? Next story. George Lynch said that there is a 50-50 chance classic docket lineup will play more shows after Japanese tour. Now, may I respond to that, Ian? Go ahead. Thank you for giving me permission, buddy. <laughs> no, 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 seriously, thank you. Thank you. Can, can I blow you a kiss, bro? No, can I? I oh, 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 I'm sorry. You go first. Kiss to me. I'm no, I'm no fake. All right, this is what I got to say about fucking George Lynch saying that 50-50 chance. 50-50 chance classic Dyak and lineup will more, play more in Japanese story. Okay, this is what it really means. Hey, we'll do it if you pay us enough. Thank you. What do you think, Ian? Um, I think it all depends on, on the response. Uh, they'll, they'll all do it for the money. Uh, uh, one thing I was, I, I didn't realize is they are recording a live album and a live video. I thought that was going to be in the, the, the Japanese shows, but the recording is going to be the very first show that they do in South Dakota. And, I mean, I don't know if that's the best idea. I'm, that doesn't. Stupid idea. Well, here, here you go. And I kind of, I kind of get it when I sat back and thought about it. You know, my first idea is, hey, 
you know, kick the tires a little bit, get the rust off, you, you know, get into the groove. But then the other thing is, this shit could fall apart so fucking fast that, you know, by the last show, it might be a total fucking train wreck. Uh, everybody always points at Don Dockin, who's being a prick and a prima donna. But I think there's kind of... Dude, I love George Lynch. Love George One of my three favorite guitar players from the fucking 80s. But I, I, I think he, he's got just as much of an ego problem as uh, as Don Dockin. So... Uh, the guy's amazing. Oh, yeah. no, oh, oh, totally fucking amazing. Next story. All right. Next story. <laughs> ACDC played their last show with Cliff Williams. Did you see that footage, Ian? I have not seen the footage yet. I almost cried, bro. Dude, Angus Young, at the end of the show, he's, do, he's doing that last chord of For Those About to Rock. He goes up to Cliff Williams, and he pushes Cliff Williams all the way to the front of the stage. Oh, and Nice. And he points at him, and people are cheering, and Cliff Williams taps on his heart. You know, like, I love you all. You know, it's such a great fucking moment. And then Axl Rose is like, Cliff Williams! Oh, that's and then, nice. And then, Axel, and then, you know, Cliff Williams is such a humble guy. He walks in front, he's doing that, he's like smiling, but then he walks away. Like, go, hey, let me go back to my place. You know, he's like, he's proud to be in the background. And what does what does fucking Angus do? He runs over to Axel, and he's like, how about this motherfucker, you know? And and then fucking Axel's like, and then, then Angus turns around and points at fucking uh, Stephen Wright. I mean, Stephen uh, Young. <laughs> and and then the, the drummer, uh, what's his name? Chris Lane. <laughs> uh, yeah, Chris Lane. You know, and that's how it ended. It was beautiful. Was and like, you, you still got me laughing at Stephen Wright, because all I could picture is... I invented some powdered water, but I didn't know what to add to it. <laughs> I love that comedian, the balding dude. Yeah, I love him. I love him. <laughs> yeah, I love that guy. He was so, that dry comic. He yeah. was fucking awesome. Oh, I love that shit. Now, hey, wouldn't it be awesome if he now replaces Cliff Williams? <laughs> that would be awesome. Anyway, um... That was uh, the final show with Cliff Williams. There is a small snippet, I don't know if you've seen this either, of Cliff Williams talking about his retirement. Can you see this? Uh, yeah, that I think I, I believe I saw. Yeah, you know, and he was very humble saying, man, you know, it's just time for me to step down. What? I mean, I I am used to like being a couple years off, but you know, I want to spend time with my family now, but I want to thank, you know, the boys and like, I mean, how great is it for me to play this music all this year. And oh, yeah. And, and here's, the, here's the thing, dude. He's 66 years old. Okay? okay? I, I mean, you know, to do the touring thing and to be away from your fan at 66, there, there, there's no shame in him retiring. I mean, you know, would I, would I love to see him there? Yeah, you bet your ass, because I want as many originals as, as ever. But, man, at 66, you, you know, touring's not easy. I mean, even... At that age, even if you're on a plane, you know, you're staying at a swanky hotel, it's still hard to get out there and to give all you got. And they've, they've given us so many years and so many albums and all this shit, man. Hey, if you want to retire and just, you know, he lives in Florida. If you just want to sit there and fish or fucking just sit at home and watch internet porn, dude, you, you owe us nothing. You've given us... 
timeless fucking music, you know? So, I, I, I'm all for it. If that's what he wants to do, I hold, I hold no ill will, man. God bless. Yeah. And I don't believe God in God. Bless, but, but God David God Lee Roth, bless Cliff Williams. And ACDC. And ACDC, okay. yeah. And, 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 but in the same token, uh, as old as they are, uh, Angus is still the baby of the band. And if he wants to keep going, I'm all for that, man. Because, well, you, you know, I said I that, got something say about that right right they, they they might do this but uh you know and i said this before i mean this might be like you know a huge epiphany for angus i mean to see what happened to his brother you know basically to see his brother lose his marbles that might have said something off on him like hey i have no idea when this fucking amazing journey is gonna end i want to do as much as i can and if he wants to keep going as, as long as they're still bringing it and, and he still has fun, it, it's like what I was saying with Riot. Let people hear these songs. Like Stephen Kirsch, uh, you know, our scenic headbanger, took his daughter to see ACD, his youngest daughter, who didn't know the band all that well. Now she loves ACDC. You know, if he can keep going out there and deliver a quality, you know, product with great timeless music and make new ACDC fans, I am all fucking for it. I think Axel, no matter what I think about him, has done a phenomenal job. And I still say I'm more interested in a new ACDC album with Axel Rose than I am a new fucking Guns N' Roses album. So, fucking go for it, man. Alright, well, here's the thing I gotta say, and I hope this is true, Ian, but there is a website that reported that Angus is gonna hire new people and keep Angus in the band. Yeah, I, I did, I, I did, I didn't see that. And uh, all I saw was Stephen Wright was gonna stay in the band. <laughs> I didn't think that they were gonna keep the drummer. I think that's an excellent decision. I, th I think he's gonna be a quality bass player that's gonna stand there in, uh, the in the, <laughs> and, and a in, guy in, that invented powder water. That's right, in the vein of Ian Hill, and just uh, you know play those four strings very uh, dryly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, I'm, I'm all for that, you know. And, and, you know, let me tell you something. Look, it did upset me with a lot of people saying, oh, they threw uh, Brian under the bus because nobody really knows the truth. And then we later found out that Angus and Cliff actually fucking visited Brian Johnson and they're still buddies and Brian Johnson has given his blessing to the whole thing, you know. And, uh, and you know, it, it really does... I mean, it upsets me, but now it's kind of like, well, I guess maybe it's the wine talking. But you know what, man? It's kind of like, you know, people that really disrespect Angus Young after 40 years of kicking ass and not kissing ass and doing his thing without bowing to any trend, without doing anything, and he kept true to himself. For anybody to bash a human oh. like that, you're just not you're just not worth my time anymore. You know, you know and, 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 and my radio show, uh, you know, I've done this since the, the first fucking week. I start every Wadzilla Rock show off with an ACDC song. You do? Yes. That, that, that is that is a tradition I've never broken. And that I is a great, great thing. And, 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 I, and I never will. And I always, I'm always a little disappointed because, it, it, you know, I, I do it. My, my show's on early, you know, in the morning, especially depending on where you live, especially for West Coast people. And I always, like, fuck because everybody really seems to come in during the third song that's when the chat room starts filling up but you know it, it's like that first song is so special to me it sets the tone but it's always and it will always will be 
an ACDC song, because to me, ACDC is, you know, my show's about heavy metal and hard rock, and to me, ACDC is that to the core, so every show should start out, and there's so many great ACDC songs, and, and you know, I, I pick from, from the different eras, and, and different albums, and sometimes it's a popular one, sometimes it's a deep cut, but it's like, if there's one way to start out a show that's about rock and metal, what better band to kick it off than ACDC? I mean, really, if you don't like ACDC, go fuck yourself. You know? And, yeah, I, and, normally I don't feel that way, but I think ACDC is the exception. I agree with you, Ian. Go fuck yourself if you don't like ACDC. Yeah. And, oh, wait, 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 wait. I have to cut you off. I'm drunk. Okay, bye. Go ahead. Some motherfucking asshole the other day added me to this group. I don't know if you're part of this group, Ian, but if you are, fuck you too. Oh, okay. There's there's a group on Facebook called Unpopular Oh, Metal. I'm so glad you brought this up. Oh, are you on that page? I was added to this page by uh, a former fan of the week, uh, uh, Hunter Steven Gutenberg. And I gotta say, 90%... Well, I, no, I take that back. 99% of these posts are the most moronic shit I've ever seen. Yeah. All I can picture is a 15-year-old kid with guy liner hanging outside a fucking Hot Topic. Yes. Just saying, I hate Pantera because a Pantera fan gave me a wedgie. I yeah. hate ACDC. I hate Black Sabbath. I hate Led Zeppelin because I'm cutting edge. Look, fuck you. And this is what happened to me the other day, Ian. Right. I realized some asshole added me to this page. It was probably Hunter. Who I, 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 I like Hunter, but I'll tell you this. Even half the shit he posts. And I, I forget what he posted. And I said, you know, I even quoted on it. I go, oh, I know what it was. It was, uh, he was talking about heaven and hell. And he was saying, lonely is the word is the worst song on that album. And I was like, out of all the stupid shit I've seen you post, <laughs> this is without a doubt the stupidest shit I've ever seen you post. But I, yeah. I mean, yeah, most of it, all I picture is these kids dressed up like Black Veil Brides just crying because they get the living shit beat out of them every yeah. time they well, leave the house. Okay, well, but, then but, I take but, it back. But, but, but I, tell, I, do, I do like Hunter, and he's not an asshole. Yeah, no, but, tell your story. I, I have something to say. <laughs> okay. Okay, somebody added me to this page, right? So right. I'm like... I see it on my, I, I didn't notice I was on this page, but I, I, I'm, I'm scrolling through my newsfeed, which is very rare, by the way. I don't really do that much. But I, I'm scrolling through my newsfeed because I was, must have been really bored. And I saw this post or somebody wrote, you know, ACDC really sucks. And, I, you know, hey, I'm all for, hey, bro, if you don't like ACDC, that's fine. I don't care. That, that doesn't bother me. But then I noticed he posted it in a group called Unpopular Metal Opinion. So I said, right. what the fuck's this garbage? So I clicked on it, I noticed I'm part of it, right? So then I'm scrolling through this shit, and people, I mean, the most... Look, I'm not here to fucking say, because I like this shit, and you don't like it, you're a moron. No, this is what I got to say about it. Just the pure fact that you want that type of attention, because you know a lot of people love Led Zeppelin. You know a lot of people love ACDC, you know, whoever the fuck... I saw on there. I ended up writing a mess. I wrote a I wrote a comment on the group, and this is what I said: Who the fuck added me to this bitch <laughs> fucking group? 
really? And I left, right? <laughs> and I left the group. Now, somebody in that group actually uh, took a picture, a screenshot of me saying this, and put it up on his page with LOL Ralph Vieira. He, ended, he, he, he tagged me. And then I wrote, I left a comment going, dude, not, look, I don't mean to, I don't mean to, I didn't mean to bash anybody, to tell you the truth. It's just not my thing. And I was kind of like taken aback on some of the things I read on there. And it's not so much people's opinion. It's more like the attention. Like you, Ian, you put it perfectly. A bunch of hot topic kids <laughs> wanting a fucking attention. Right. So check this out. Last, uh, two nights ago, I'm at work and I get Facebook notifications. I got a Facebook notification. Brody, our buddy, oh. added me added me to unpopular metal opinion. So I wrote him and I said, bro, did you see the comment I left in that group the other day? And he goes, yeah, it was hysterical. And I go, why the fuck did you add me again? Oh, did I? <laughs> they ought to change the name of it to unpopular metal fans who get picked on. <laughs> yeah, unpopular people at school. That should be the name of it. Unpopular people to chicks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, that would change it to trench coat mafia without guns. <laughs> un, un, unpopular people that have penises that are unpopular to vaginas. People who have never got laid. <laughs> All you motherfuckers are losers. And I don't give a fuck. And maybe the wine drinking, talking, I'm drinking wine. The wine's talking, I'm drinking it. But I'll tell you this. The wine may be talking, and I may be drinking, but the wine is speaking the truth. You're all a bunch of fucking lonely fucking dicks that need to get your penis wet. And then finally, when you do fuck, you'll realize and say to yourself, hey, you know what? I understand now. Bon Scott is God. Here's my point. I'm popular, and here, hey, look. And I'm doing them a service. We are talking about a Facebook page called Unpopular Music Opinions. Let me repeat this, Ian. It's a Facebook page called Unpopular Music Opinions. Or me metal opinions. Okay, Unpopular Metal Opinions. So anybody listening, if you want to join it, go right ahead. But rest assured, Ian and I think you're a jack-off. <laughs> but the funny thing is, it's such a train wreck, I can't leave. You know? Oh, you're part of that crew. I love, dude. I read just a couple of them, and I'm thinking these are little nerd kids that are just pissed they can't get vagina, that they have to lash out at people that like music that they don't like. Oh no, no, it's one of those things. Like you know, you you know you know you know some of the things I'm going through right now, and and I this page will come up in my newsfeed and like you know what you are a golden fucking god. <laughs> you know, it's like, your life hey, you is know, so good right now. <laughs> you know, I may be going through rough times, but look at you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exa I think I don't have it that bad. Dude, it's like Jerry Springer. It's like, okay, I feel better about myself and where I'm at in life, <laughs> you know? Let's cut the bullshit here. Look, I am all open for people that don't like certain bands I love. I understand that, but honestly, honestly, between right. you and anybody that doesn't get Bon Scott, their life is not good. Right. I'm, it's just the truth. If you do not understand Bon Scott, it means your life is shit. Yeah, and if you understand Sammy Hagar, your life is shit. Well, that goes without saying. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, okay. It's like, yeah, I get it. You got beat up. 
<laughs> you know. Yeah, right. Good lord. Good lord. <laughs> and you know, and then to, to actually debate me how that fucking page is okay, I said to him, I said, you know what, dude? Just don't fucking add me to that page anymore. I'm fine with the pages I'm at, okay? And then he said, yeah, you know what? You're right. I hate when people have me in pages. So that's how the conversation ended. I don't hate Brody. I'm bringing him up. And I'm, he probably loves this shit, though. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, the kid is a little dry. That There's a reason the kid got banned from our page. Right. Yeah. All right. Story in my favorite one, by the way. Okay. This is my favorite one. This, this is going to be a long episode. I like this. This is a, this is a fresh perspective on the show. Fuck the Deep Purple review. Let's let's do a separate episode. Huh? Let's do news, like fucking news this week. That's it, right? I what don't think? care. That's awesome. Because this is my favorite. This is my favorite story. Yeah, yeah. We'll call this unpopular episodes. Unpopular to unpopular metal. <laughs> Un- unpopular opinions by popular podcast hosts. Unpopular opinions to people that don't get laid. <laughs> nerds! Yeah, exactly. Man. Revenge of the nerds. That's what they should call that fucking page. Revenge of the fucking nerds. What the fuck is a frush? Let me tell you something, you fucking nerds. My penis is sore from fucking all day and getting my dick sucked. And you know what? Bands I hate... I'm not going to talk about them. I don't care. But you guys have to talk about them because people like them. I don't. And you know, and I even made it clear. When I bash shit on my reviews and here on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, it's shit of bands I love that release crappy shit. Okay, this band I love, but this album sucks. You know what I'm saying? I don't go out of my way saying, this band sucks. Okay, with the exception of news with Faith No More and what have you, and you know, you're not a fan of Striper, you know, shit like that, okay, that that's different. Because I'm a fan of Striper, you're a fan of Faith No More, we both want to talk about those bands. Right. Both gonna have opposite views, which is cool, we're cool with each other. But you know, Ian doesn't go on Rock and Metal Combat Podcast saying, I hate Striper, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, he'll He'll do it to a comment, but he won't make a post about it. Right. You know why? Because he knows what a vagina smells like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm busy getting laid while you're getting a wedgie for having an Avenged Sevenfold shirt. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'm balls deep in this girl. This girl today had my cock down her throat, licking my balls while you were talking about how you fucking hate Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> Who wins? Huh? <laughs> exactly. Now, talk about the pole their mom dances on to make a living. Robert Plant's 78 years old and still gets more pussy than you. <laughs> right, exactly. Dude, John Bottom still gets more pussy than them. Today. He still gets more pussy. Today. Yeah. Okay? We're going to start a, We're going to start a new new group called Unflattering Truths in metal. <laughs> They get laid as much as Jesus Christ. <laughs> Today! Oh. Alright. Yeah. I'm fucked up, dude. I'm really... I'm hammered. <laughs> Alright, Ian, are you ready for my favorite news story? Let's get to the favorite news story. This one's good. The headline is awesome. 
Max Cavalera. Have you seen this one? This is great. Oh, yes, I think I know what you're talking about. This is awesome. Max Cavalera on Sepultura Split. This is what he said. Igor and I should have fired those two assholes and kept names. <laughs> I love that, dude. Now, I my opinion on this is like, okay, it's a great headline and it cracks me up. But seriously, if Max and Igor would have kept with Sepultura, would have they really been better? I think it would have still been the same shit because, you know, no offense, but the early Soulfly albums kind of sucked. You know what? There's a couple of Soulfly albums that came out recently that weren't bad. Oh, no, those... no, no. The, the newer Soulfly albums, I would say starting with Dark Ages, is really good thrash. Uh, you know, the first three, very new metal. I like Soulfly. Uh, but I also... Uh, Unpopular metal opinion. Uh, <laughs> I, I like. I, I love uh, Derek Green, uh, Sepultura. I, I I really like what what they did, uh, and it sucks because they're playing here Sunday, uh, and and they're doing. I don't hate Roots like you hate it. Uh, you know, it's not definitely not my favorite Sepultura, but I don't hate it. Uh, but they're playing here on the Roots tour where it's Igor and uh, and and Max playing. And I, I just, I can't take the day off of work, and it's going to be a late show, so I can't make it. But, uh, I, I mean, I want to see, I, I would love to see the classic lineup get back together. But, uh, it, the bottom line is, Max quit. Max, Max said, fuck you guys, because you fired my wife. And, uh, and, and, he, and he gave up. And I like what they did without him. Is it the same? No. Because there, there's some some bands that you know they may have left a legacy that I love, but I'm just not gonna you know I just don't support it anymore because they let me down so much and you know there's some bands that let me down and I still support it's it's a flaw it's kind of a flaw of mine. Well, I'm not saying I'm proud of it, but there's certain certain bands like like dude. I mean I know you will, but I would never go see Danzig again. I would love to see the Misfits. Oh, uh, oh, oh my God! We got to talk about that. Did you see the footage? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was great. It was amazing. I thought it was. I thought it was great. And uh, uh, you know, but it's funny you talk about that. We talked about this on a prior episode. I saw Danzig last year here in New Orleans, and it, it was so funny because uh, you know he opened up, you know, played. I forget what he opened up with, but it was a classic song, and people were like yeah. And then he played like five later era Danzig songs. And the place cleared out like a like it was an unpopular metal set list, and right. uh, and, and just left. But he closed real strong. But uh, but I love Danzig. But oh my God, that Misfits show in Chicago—that's the—that's the footage I saw. And and uh, uh, a, a fan of ours, a person on the podcast, Rachel Rachel Joseph, she went, uh, saw the picture, saw the video. Wow, man, I hope that shit tours because that shit was good. I mean, Wait, are you, are, are you telling me we actually have a female that listens to us? Yeah, yeah, she's hot too. Whoa, hot as well? Yeah. Rachel. Yeah, wait, wait, give me a second. Ian. I, I need I need a second, okay? okay. Just give me a second. All right, okay, all right. okay. Rachel, <laughs> I love you. I want to meet you and have hot monkey sex with you. This may be the wine talking, but let me tell you something. She's married, just, so it's right up your alley. 
I'm dr- <laughs> I don't know the husband. Yeah, you're right. I'm drinking wine, but the wine is the one that's talking. And when the wine talks, you listen. And this is what the wine is saying. Cheat. Cheat. And then, after you cheat on your husband, dump me like a hot potato. Dump me. Dump, dump me. Hot. Dump you like an dump. unpopular metal opinion. Dump me, yeah. Make me feel like a kid from me- unpopular metal opinion. Afterwards. Just make me feel that way. Because trust me, as much as you try to hurt me, it won't work because as long as I leave a load on your face, I'm going to be happy. And if you say you're a loser and I fucking hate you, all I can think about is I came on her face. I hope your husband ain't listening because then the, then our plan is ruined. By the way, her husband, she didn't agree to this, but, you know, I'm, I'm hoping I can get through. So, hey, what's her name again? Rachel. <laughs> Shows how much I care. Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> Rachel. Rachel. By the way, Rachel, if your husband's not listening... <laughs> Ralph Vieira is my Facebook page. Hook it up, bro. Hook it up. I mean, not bro. Broette. Whatever the fuck. I, hey, Ian says you're hot, and I trust Ian's judgment. And have you ever been fucked with your your legs above your head? No, but Brody has. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, that was a popular metal opinion. Hi-yo. <laughs> Heyo! That's the Rolling hey. Rock talking. <laughs> uh, no, no, look, look. No offense to the people on, on, on my popular metal opinion, but if you are on there, I'm better than you. <laughs> and that's not me. That's the wine talking. And wine is fucking science. Well, and, uh, and, and what people don't understand is, is we fucking argue and we go back and forth with our popular metal opinions. But we love each other, and we enjoy doing this show, and that's why this show fucking rules. And we don't do it for attention. You know why our podcast is the best podcast known to the universe? You don't want to know why? Tell me. Because we don't give a fuck. That's where we really don't. And look, and I'm not here to bash anybody, because you know what? We have a lot of podcast brothers out there. Yes, we do. That are doing podcasts that that are like us. They're not, they're just doing their thing, and they're not doing shit to get popular guests. But what separates us from them, and believe me, they're great. I'm not saying they're bad. They're great. And I love what they're doing. But we don't give a fuck. We don't want, I mean, we would love to have Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons on our show, but we don't want to have them on by playing the game. Yeah. And and, and we'll just settle for having unpopular Metals Kids moms. On our yeah, cocks. exactly. And you know, we have a lot of people out there that love us because of that. Yes. And they tell, look, here's the thing. You may think we're bragging and shit, but we're kind of like speaking out for our fans because these are people that say this to us continuously. Continuously. Uh, I'll tell you right now. Hold on. Let me get on Facebook for a second. Okay. I'm going to read you something from our listener called. Hold on. Let me find. He was writing me last night on Facebook. His name is Joseph Stahl. I know Joseph. That's this that's the one we said. thought was Terrence. <laughs> yeah, this is what he said. He goes, I'm reading this, what he wrote me last night. Okay. You and Ian are two of the best things to ever happen to me. I stumbled upon your Almost Human channel probably five years ago, so I was there with your podcast from the beginning uh, through to now. You guys really make all other crap in life 
seem crappy. Oh, what does that sound like? Oh, less crappy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's, and, and look, look, I'm wrong. I'm gonna say this, but when I'm sober, I'm gonna go back to being the pompous asshole I am. <laughs> um, I honestly loved Ian Wadley, and I don't mind his name in front of mine. I really don't. <laughs> I don't. But I think, I mean, Ian. I mean, I don't. I've never asked you this, but I will ask you now. Okay. Don't you think it's funny. I take that angle where I act like I'm pissed off that you get any type of credit. Well. I, I love it, but I get it because because I know you, and I I know that there's like a yeah I I know Ralph Vieira and I know Doctor Fuck, you know right. you, you know and then and, and and both serve a purpose and both are awesome, you know and some people take this shit so uh, seriously and, and it, that's flattering in a way that you care so much you you take this shit seriously but uh, you know another part of a the charm to this show is we're just two fucking regular guys that, you know, sitting here talking about our opinions. And I think that's what's so great about when we have fans on the show, because, you know, even though I think you and I really excel at doing podcasts, I just think we have, we have a certain gift. Like everybody has a gift. This is it's what, it's what's, it's what makes me believe there is an actual Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And you still will not accept them into your heart. Oh, no, I, I do. His name is David Lee Roth. Oh, no, no, no. Jesus Christ, Lord God. It, 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 my uh, the, the greatest podcast happened because I met you. Oh. Because well. you and I are the perfect combination. Oh, yeah. Because you, my friend, are fucking hilarious. Well, thank you, you. You know what I think of you? I think of you like a stand-up comic. <laughs> now, me me and Ian, and, and it's no secret to everybody, because the thing that's great about the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast was because when me and Ian get in, a, get, get in a fight, everybody fucking knows about it. Oh, we my don't God. hide from nobody. You, you should, well, there, there was one thing we didn't air. We were going to air when we had that one fight. Oh, that'll never air. And, and even terrible. you were like, oh, but, but, but we went up, but still we talk about it. But the thing is, dude, I was in awe of you. When I saw your very first Black Sabbath interview, or, or I'm sorry, review, I saw it on BlackSabbath.com. We were both in the chat room. And I yeah. and I saw that, dude. I was like, I, I, I go, this guy is like me. He's being real with it. He's not being pompous. He's not being boring. This is a guy who is excited about music, who has yeah. a passion for it. And you know we always joke about I, I messaged you and and you didn't know because you didn't know how to get messages. I was like, oh, yeah, this no, I, this I, guy's I so popular. And then, and, and then years later, after you told me you sent me a message on the on the Black Sabbath message board <laughs> and I ignored it, I actually saw the message and, and I ignored it again. Oh, dude! <laughs> but, we, but we already had the podcast. But here's here's the bottom line. Look, I was so desperate to have a podcast. That when Ian offered to be part of it, I'll say, I'll take anything. I didn't know Ian from a fucking hole in the wall. Uh, I read the, <laughs> and I even said to Ian, I go, bro, if we're going to do a podcast, we got to bring Terrence in because Terrence knows he's a fucking encyclopedia. He knows everything. Because, Ter look, and this is a, dude, this is a, this is better than a review show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This show should be separate. Seriously. Hey, it's a separate show. Here we go. If, if it's too late and you can't do the Deep Purple, we'll do it some other time. Ah, you know? uh, fuck right? it. We'll just let it roll. 
right, let it roll. Here's my point. Terrence came to me. This is before I even knew Ian. This is before I even had the Almost Human Facebook page where me and Ian uh, met each other. Right? Wasn't it there? I think, uh, right? Well, I think that's when I first talked to you. is Because I, I sent you the message. I never heard anything back. And, and then you, you mentioned it in a video, uh, the Almost Human. That's when I text you. And, and you were talking about uh, how you got into the fight with three sides. And I sent you a message. I said, fuck them. I go, I go, hey, we should start our own podcast. And you're like, hey, you set the shit up, I'll do it. And I, I remember the very first time we did Skype together and you saw me you go, oh, cool, you've got long hair. <laughs> that was the first thing you said to me. You're like, cool, cool you got long hair. <laughs> Look, Ian, if you had short hair, I still would have done it. But I was like, oh, cool, because in this day and age, yeah. everybody has short hair in podcasts. Come exactly, on. exactly. The guys all have short hair. But you and me are true metal dirtbags that have yeah, long brother, hair. Give a fuck, dude. We look, Ian. Let me tell you something, brother. I'll tell you this right. This is from the heart. Ian Wadley is me. Me and him are so much alike. Even though we disagree and we also like, you know, we conflict on each other's personality. But me and him are alike because Ian Wadley, you know, he works shit jobs just like I did. I mean, luckily, I, dude, I hit the lotto. It, dude, I, it's luck what happened to me. It wasn't skill. It wasn't education. It wasn't. It was pure luck. But me and Oddly, me and what Oddly? <laughs> well, me and Wadley are Oddly because me and Wadley, me and Wadley both believed in fuck. I don't give a fuck if I have to bust my ass. I ain't cutting my hair. Am I right, my friend? Yeah. No. No. I. I, I did. I did when I was younger. Um, I, I. I. I cut. I cut my hair for a job. And uh, because I got paid insane amount of money, and and I did all this shit, and I, I I changed who I was, and you know what? It all ended badly. And I swore then, I said, no matter what, I'm gonna be me. I'm never gonna hold my tongue. I'm gonna grow my hair out. I'm gonna be who the fuck I am, and I'm happier for it. I mean, yeah. Well, you know what, Ian? Okay, maybe I'm more badass than you than I thought that way before. But it came around. Yeah, well, well I, I let's be honest, I had child support to pay. <laughs> right, yeah, I did it because I abandoned my kids. All right, <laughs> but here's my point. Ian Wadley and I are like two peas in a pot. We're, we're really like the same type of person. We may disagree and we may even have fights. So thank the Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord David Lee Roth for Ian. That's right. That me and him have been getting along since our last fight. And we get along, and, and I, I love Ian dearly. And no Likewise. matter what the shit happens between Ian Wadley and I, I met him in real life, and he is a good soul. Thank he you, took brother. me to his place, and what he did for his friend and his child at the Rush Show is something that I already know. Dude, I don't have to judge Ian Wadley. Ian Wadley's a good soul. We have a listener, and he's a bad motherfucker. This is a motherfucker that I met in person twice. I saw, I got to see David Lee Roth with Van Halen the last time with him. And I got to see, well, I met him before ACDC. Yes. Alright? Stephen Kirsch. Stephen Kirsch. Stephen Kirsch, this is what he did for me, dude. And I don't know if you saw this, but I'll explain yeah. it to you. Stephen Kirsch made these necklaces with a guitar pick. Yes. One guitar pick has the ripped jaw, my new band band logo on it, 
And the other one has Thrasher Die Dr. Fuck. And he did also he did also a keychain where it has the Melting Soul album cover and it says Dr. Fuck. And he sent it to me and I said to him, Stephen Kirsch, this is so nice that you did this for me, but bro, look, listen to me. And I and I told him to do this in all honesty. I said, bro, I love that you did this for me, but please, I beg you, let me pay you to make that again because I want to wear that. And I don't want to wear these because these are the only ones he sent and I don't want to ruin them. Oh, so dude. send me another one so I can send them. And you know what he said to me? He said, he said, fuck you. I'm not going to have you pay me. I'm going to make you a couple more. And you know the why I'm going to make you those? Because you and Ian give me so much joy. And you do so much for me. You do so much for me that I'm doing this for you from the kindness, you know, for, for appreciating oh, yeah. what yes. you and Ian do for me. So everything that we're blowing, me and Ian are blowing smoke out of our ass. Let me tell you something, Joseph Staub, uh, uh, Stephen Kirsch, and a bunch of, and, uh, let me tell you, hundreds, hundreds of other people feel the same way they do. And we need to say this, okay? We may, may not be the most popular podcast out there. We may be a small fish in the pond, but you, you know when you listen to the Rock and Metal Combat podcast, you're not going to get any bullshit, dude. You're yeah. going to get the fucking truth. And let me tell you something. Ian Wadley, what he does, that guy is the real deal. He is the real deal. And for him to actually be doing this show right now, right now, as I'm speaking, is a fucking sacrifice. Because he's got a lot of shit going on. And leave him the fuck alone. All right? He'll take care of it himself, and he'll be back in full force. But listen how he is on this show, because he's so passionate about this show. And so am I, dude. So am I, because I got so much shit. I can easily say, fuck you, Ian, rip job, thrash or die combat, fuck you. But no, because I love Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I love Ian as a person, as an actual person. Fuck what he is on that podcast. I met him, and I saw what he does that I have nothing but the utmost respect for him. By the way, Ian, it's my wine talker. And when I'm sober, <laughs> I'm going to go back to Hayden. Like, I love you, brother. Likewise. I mean, I mean, when Rath was here, we, we, we took pictures together, and he cut the price in half just for me. <laughs> That's right. And I lost 34 pounds. So <laughs> I look much better now. I look all hot shit. But let me tell you something. I love Ian Wadley with all my heart, and I'm drunk right now, and I don't know if I may say this sober, so I should say it right now. Ian Wadley has a heart of gold. Oh, thank and you, brother. you know what, man? And we gotta say this, because I don't know if we expressed it, and if we did, we gotta say it again in case people didn't hear it, okay? okay. All Ian Wadley had a good friend, a great guy. I never met him, I wish I did. I wish I did. He was a great person that died I believe a cancer. Am I right? Right? Uh, right. no, 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 no. It wasn't. It wasn't can. Well, uh, no. It, it's even. He died from a, a preventable cause, but because he was Latino and didn't have insurance. Yeah. Um. He he got he got care that was subsided. You know they they had him hooked up to all this shit, but because he was Latino, and then they found out he didn't have uh, proper insurance. He got substandard care, and that he died in a hospital. 
He died yeah. in a hospital. Look, he died. He died. And this is a guy, let me tell you something. This is a guy that actually owned a restaurant. Am I yes. right? Yeah, yes. Do he, I have my facts yeah, wrong? No, 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 no. He he owned a restaurant, but here here's one thing people don't understand. Uh, when you own an actual business, it costs more for you to personally get insurance than it is for you to offer insurance to your employees. So he he couldn't afford insurance for his own self, even though he owned a restaurant. There you go. Now, look, I love this country, but there's a flaw right there. Right. And this is a man that died, okay? And Ian made a vow. Yes. This man loved Rush. Loved him. And he, and he took it. was his favorite band, correct, or one of? His oh, oh no, no, it was his his, his favorite band. He he never missed a tour, I believe, since eighty uh, one. He never missed a Rush show. There you go. He never missed a Rush show. And I'm and, and, uh, sorry sorry to cut you off, but uh, um, I I did um, I I did go with him and his son to see Rush the tour before we went and uh it was one of those things it was just it, it it was so magical and uh like i said when he passed away i you know i just said no matter no matter what i will always uh you know take your son anytime you know rushes around you know he's you there that? all right and, and and i i don't mean to pat myself on the back i did not no, no, you should though but I did not drink for the rush, so I, I stayed sober. I was there. He yes. did it. Yes, because I, I wanted his son to drink that night. Yeah, I did not. I did not drink till after the show. Till... Boy, boy, we drank after that show, didn't we? Well, well, yeah, when we dropped him off, we did. But before that, uh, there was no like you know being sloppy drunk. It was all about you know I, I wanted to see it. I was so glad Ralph was there. But it was more about this, you know, this, this great child, Kobe, uh, to, to, you know, to hold what? his father's legacy than, than for yeah. me to get drunk. What was know? his father's name? Tell me his name. James Leeming. James Leeming. Let's hear it. Yes. To James. To James. So to James Leeming because I didn't know him personally, but you know what? I met his son. And let me tell you something, and I don't know if I ever told you this. But while we were sitting, because after halfway through the show, I went and uh, joined Ian and the kid, because me and him had separate seats. But then second half of the show, I got to stay with him. There were certain times in the show I looked at him. And this is, you got to understand, you know, I'm, I'm a guy that still, my father is still alive. And I love my father with all my heart. And I'm so glad. I just went to go see him yesterday. I go see my father all the time because I hear from people all the time that that lost their father, including Ian, and and a lot of friends of mine that says, "Dude, appreciate them while they're still here." My mother and father are still alive, and I do. I go over there and I appreciate them. And dude, this kid, what was his name again? Kobe. Kobe lost his father because let me tell you something. That kid's young. Young. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, at the time, at the time you met him and we went, he's he was about twelve. Okay, twelve. But he yeah. lost his father what a couple years before that? Uh, about a year before that, so about eleven. Yeah. All right, eleven. And this kid, I looked at him and I knew the whole situation, and I looked at him while playing Rush, and he was looking at Rush, with just dude, he had a smile on his face. 
and such joy that it really melted me. It not only melted me to the part that looked at this kid, but dude, honestly, it melted me because look at Ian to bring this kid to the show, to keeping that promise, to saying, you know what, man, I'm going to keep this promise from my friend and I'm going to take my friend's kid to see this show. So whatever the fuck anybody says negative about the Rock and Metal Combat podcast, you can stick your tongue out, right? <laughs> I mean, stick it all the way out and lick this asshole like I love how girls do it. Because Ian Wadley is a true motherfucker. Truer than any motherfucker that disrespects us. All you motherfuckers don't know what kind of man Ian Wadley is. To take this kid Kobe to a Rush concert because he promised his buddy that passed away, I'm taking him to the next Rush show and it might possibly like 99.9% .9 be the last time Rush ever tours. Right. And Ian really kept that promise. And brother, I salute you for that. What a show it was. It was a magic night, man. It was a magic night. And you know what? I went over there not knowing the situation. I just went going, bro. I think this is the last rush show. And you know, I, 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 <laughs> oh, oh, dude, it was it was so awesome because you told me you're like, you're like, oh, you're going to see Rush? Fuck it, I'm gonna I'm gonna come to New Orleans and see Rush with you. And like in one night, you bought your ticket and had the plane ticket and everything. <laughs> yeah, I didn't fuck around. Look, I'm not gonna blow smoke out of my ass, but I do the same goddamn thing, dude. I am very dedicated to people that I love. But here, here's, here's a funny thing, too, though. It, it was so surreal because before this, I mean, we have been doing this show almost a year. Uh, but when I picked you up at the airport and I see you stand outside of your bags, I'm like, holy shit, that's Dr. Fuck. <laughs> you know, it's like, because that was my first time meeting you. And I saw you, I'm like, I got the Camaro with the top down. Come on. And, uh. It was cool. Dude, I felt like I was meeting a rock star when I met you, dude. It was awesome. And you, uh, you, My friend are a fucking rock star. Not me. You. You are... Look, let me tell you something. And I'm not blowing smoke on my own ass. But I would do the same thing Ian does. But the only reason I would, dude, is because my parents raised me right. And obviously, Ian's parents raised him right. Yeah, okay. All right. The man may have flaws, but I do too. All right. The main man. The man may want... Sammy Hagar to die. Okay, okay. Right. True story. True story. But, you know, but I still, I think Ian Wadley is better than anybody I fucking know other than the people that I know that are like him. Because Ian Wadley is a man from the heart. And he really, he's a true friend. And I may have gotten mad at him and I almost left the fucking podcast. But you know what? Through all our turmoil, I still knew this is a man that was a really good guy. Ah, uh, we worked it out, brother. You know, we worked it out because I love you, brother. And and we wouldn't have got so mad if we weren't so passionate about what we do, and that's what yeah, holds us together. This is the human race. We all can't be. We all can't agree. Right. And there's certain things that Ian just can't do, and I don't like. But. At the same time, I think of what he did for Kobe, and it's like, all that shit doesn't matter, dude. What Ian did for Kobe, it's like, fuck what he doesn't agree with me with. And I wish other people were like that. 
And you know, anybody out there that thinks I don't like Ian or that I disrespect Ian, you couldn't be more wrong. I do it for the love of the podcast, but because I, I really do think, and you know, I said that to that girl that was here today. I said to her, you know, a lot of people really take me serious when I say shit like, hey man, how dare that person put Ian's name in front of mine? You know? It, it doesn't matter, but I always thought it was kind of like funny to make me sound like the butt hurt egotistical guy. And I and believe me, when I'm done when when next time we come on the episode and I'm sober, I'm gonna be the butt hurt <laughs> uh, egotistical guy. But now that I'm sober, you know, our, fa- our our friends deserve this. They need to know that all that is a fucking act. That I love Ian dearly. And if I didn't love Ian dearly, don't you think I would have left the podcast, dude? There's a reason why I'm still here, and that's because of Ian Wadley. I really do feel like he's a fucking very talented, funny guy, and he deserves all the fucking talent in the world. Yeah, yeah, sure. We keep hearing endless times, whoa, I discovered the podcast through Ralph's podcast, isn't that? But you know what? There's a reason they keep listening to the podcast, and it's not only because of Ralph. It's because of fucking Ian. Because Ian, and I'll say this, and I said this to that girl today, and I'll say it, I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. But I'm, no, 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 I'm sorry I shot cum in your eye. No, I'm not sorry, dude. That shit stopped. <laughs> and I'll say this right now, dude. And I said it to this girl today, and I will say it right now. But, I, I mean, e- wine will say it. I won't say this sober, but you know what, dude? And I will say this now, and I'm going to leave this unedited. Ian uh, Wadley is funnier than Ralph Vieira. Uh, I cannot admit that sober. <laughs> I'm not drunk. I'm gonna say this right now. Ian Wadley is much funnier than I am. Well, way funnier. Well, I, I do have a book of like three thousand dirty limericks, which helps me. Well, whatever, dude. Even if you cheat, you're still funnier than me. You hear that? I'm pouring another glass, bro. Oh. I got. Uh, hey, by the way, I'm. I'm. It's time for. Commercial time. You ready for this, Ian? Uh, hey, do you like flip-flops? Tune into that metal station and buy some Scott Green-sponsored flip-flops. Yeah, yeah. Buy Dr. Fuck flip-flops <laughs> and Ian Wally Wadzilla's flip-flops. But here's a, a Rock and Metal Combat podcast fl- uh, commercial. And Pothic Red. Wine that really makes you fucked up after you're already <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Sutter home because you got kicked out of your family home. Hey, hey, Ian, what do you think? A three-hour news episode? Oh, that, that's fine by me. Fine hey, by me. Ian, you know, I'm, I'm drunk, and I may not say this later, but I'm going to say this right now. I love you, brother. I, lo- I, I love you, too. And, dude, uh, you have no idea how important this was to me because uh, listeners might have, we haven't recorded a show in damn near a month. Uh, yes, and you know what? And I even said this to Ian like a week uh, ago. I said, Ian, whenever we get back to recording a show, you know it's going to kick ass because we're so like re- re-energized of not doing a show for a while. But i never done a show drunk. Have I ever done? I know I've done a drunk. I've done um, a show on pills. Yeah, you, yeah you did, did a show on pills. I don't think I ever drunk. I was so desperate to get in a fucking podcast. I didn't give a fuck who I did it with. And it's just so, dude, that's why I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and the Lord God <laughs> in the Holy Bible. 
Dave that he Leroth. hooked us up because he hooked me up with the funniest motherfucker on planet Earth. We did a, a fucking amazing episode on Triumph. That that people just like, oh, I don't know Triumph or I didn't listen to it. And, and it's like, really? But you know what? There was one listener who wrote in and said, you know what? I never paid attention to Triumph, but that was a really good episode, so I'm going to check it out. And th- th- that that makes it all worthwhile. That makes it all like like still to this day. Like like if you go on iTunes, our worst episode is uh, uh, Ron Keel. But still, if there's one person who checked out Keel, or there's one person who checked out fucking Triumph, you know we reach one person that we really reach. It, it's better than all the ratings in the world. Do you want to continue this episode? Because I have more news. Oh, fuck it. Let's, let's go back to... I think this will be an amazing episode. And if it isn't, is, who, who gives a fuck? Because it's brutally honest, bro. We had fun. Go into another and news story. You know story. what I'm going to do? I'm going to edit it tonight and send it to you without listening to it sober. There you go. Because That's even better. How it should feel right now is how it should go out. Awesome. Okay? All right. Next story. Next story. Jimmy Page. Okay? Okay. This ain't the le- end of Led Zeppelin. He's still going to keep releasing. You know, Led Zeppelin just released a BBC session with bonus tracks. You know that BBC session that released it like 10 years ago? Good album. Good album. They, yeah, it was great. They just released it now with bonus tracks. And now he's saying that Led Zeppelin's not done. He's still going to release shit like over and over and over again. What do you think, Ian? Uh... Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it sucks because I'd rather hear some new music. But uh, I heard he's gonna re-release the first Firm album and call it "In Through the Back Door." And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Uh, stop! Stop! Stop right there. All right. Let me let me recap what he just said. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> hold on a second. Let me grab this right here. Wine <laughs> talking right now. <laughs> Ian Wally is known is known to be not a firm fan, and he just made a remark that he's going to release un, uh, firm music going into the back door. Now let me tell you something: only a fucking comedic genius would think of something. Like that. Somebody that doesn't like a band that calls it into the back door. Hold on a second. I gotta give him serious. Pro- I don't like. I love the firm. I'll be honest with you, uh, Ian, I'm not, I'm not a big fir- fan of the Firm album, but I love the second one, Bean Business with Rust in, Rust in Peace and shit like that. But I still think what you just said was so <laughs> fucking funny, dude. I love you, brother. I don't, know why, I, I don't know why they call it the Firm. It should be the Soft, because if you have an erection lasting more than four hours, listen to the first Firm album. Uh, other than Radioactive, that shit's terrible. Oh, by the way, you, did you know? Did you see the picture, Ian? I got a rock and metal combat podcast wall clock. Did you see it? Oh, what 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 did Scott Green charge you for that? I don't know. I don't know. Twenty bucks or something. But I got it in the mail. I had to build it myself, fucking Scott Green. So I built it myself. I put it on my wall, and I took a picture with it. And you know what, Ian did right here. Right, hold on a second. Hold on. I'm very proud to say it's hanging above my, uh, well, the side of my bed. So every morning when I wake up, I see the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, and I realize what Ian and I fucking discussed. 
Enough of kissing our own ass, but you know what? Dude, here's the deal. Here's the deal. We not may not have the numbers of some of the bigger podcasts, but they can all kiss my ass. That's right. Well, well, keep, the best podcast in the world. Keep, keep, keep this in mind. The album we were supposed to review barely went gold. So there yeah, you go. Yeah, we'll review that some other time. But, you know, the, the, the song I was I looked up on YouTube, here's the song, dude, that I love off the album. It's called Satisfaction Guaranteed by the Firm. Oh, Coverdale Page made the first Firm album sound like the first Firm album. Well, that, <laughs> that I will agree with, because the Coverdale Page album fucking owns the Firm. Oh, oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh my God, take that tree... Or the blues, what's the name of the blues song? A- A- Absolution Blues. Oh my god, that's the best song on the album. Oh, oh great song. When he ends sometime in the future. Yeah, oh yeah, hell yeah. Riverdale Page album was criminally underrated because a lot of people ignored it because Robert Plant came out bitching about Robert uh David Coverdale ripping them off. Right. Yeah, but but I mean that to me, Coverdale Page was better than you know, the two plant page albums by far. And better than the firm. Yes. Oh, hold on. Here's my here's my review. Oh, you hear yeah, that? Yeah. Oh, hey. The was good. Bad company with Brian Howell was better than the firm. Ouch. <laughs> yes. I just want I have three words for you. You ready? Okie dokie. I love you. I love you too, brother. <laughs> And this is probably, uh, probably gonna... every time you do that, I I, I think I because I used to be an altar boy. I'm like Domino's Cobiscus, uh, as it was at the beginning, will and ever shall be. Uh, ouch, that hurts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you so so Ian, what you're saying in this episode, this episode's so awesome that you're actually talking about. A fucking preacher fucked you up in the uh, in the ass on this episode as well, right? Uh, metaphorically, no. Accurately, yes. All right. Well, accurately, whatever. I'm gonna <laughs> come out here. Ready? I was diddled by Dave Holland. Here we go. I love point of entry. <laughs> he was turning circles in my butthole. Yeah. And then he left me out in the cold. That's right. You know, he told me. Bend it over, and I go, "Why?" And he said, "Cause you got another thing coming." No, ram it down. All right, I'm your turbo lover. I was like, "Why me?" He's like, "I got it locked in your asshole." I'm like, "Why me?" He's like, "Cause you're the devil's child." You're the devil's child, and, and you know, keep your hands off private property. But I ain't gonna keep hands off your private property. In other words, I got Melissa, but David Holland. But you know what? Judas Priest, motherfucker. <laughs> I said, hey, is this going to take a while? He says, yeah, right after Nostradamus is done. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I took a painkiller and everything was better. <laughs> All right, so, you know, this is going on way too long, and this is the news episode. And I'm sorry for you guys that want to listen to the news. But, you know, everybody said, oh, I really wanted to al- uh, listen to album review. But right now you're listening to my voice and you're thinking to yourself, you know what? Fuck the album review. This was a great episode regardless. Am I right, Ian? Hell yeah, this is the new Spectacular Volume 5. Fuck that, and all our other new Spectaculars didn't have episode whatever on it. Yes. This one will, right? 
The, uh, we will get. We will christen this one with a number. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Ian, do you have a pick of the week? Yes, I do. Ah, uh, shit, it's right here. Hold on. Ah, uh, where the fuck? I don't. I got to look around. All right, hold on. Where did I put it? So, oh, here it is. Ah, uh, this is a band I cannot stop listening to lately, and I'm so excited. And I'm hoping to interview them for this show. I'm talking about Overkill. And Overkill the, rules! And the album, and this will be my first time seeing Overkill. Uh, and this album is the 1991 masterpiece Horrorscope. Oh my god! Whoa, what a great pick, dude. And uh, man, man, as much as I love the great Bobby Guptison, who just did an intro for our show, dude, and- I. I hung out with Kate to see my band combat. Oh, yeah. And, dude, all the respect in the world to Bobby. Love that guy. All the respect in the world to those who came before Rat Skates, Sid Flack. Uh, actually, I think Sid does play on this album. But, uh, oh, my God, Coma, Infectious, my personal favorite, Blood Money, Thanks for Nothing. Blood Money. Oh, my God. Oh, I love Blood Money. Oh my god. Hey Ian, you know your shit, brother. I love that shit. But right there, dude, you just showed credential on my part. You know what you showed me, dude? Hey, shut up, Ian. I gotta say something right now. Okay. You know what you showed me right now? What's that? You showed me a total attitude you would never find on unwanted metal reviews whatever the fuck <laughs> isn't it that stupid fucking un- un- unpopular metal event this yeah, this, this website's gonna blow up bigger than ours after this episode yeah I know everybody's gonna join that shit but let me tell you something me and Ian are gonna laugh at you but not secretly <laughs> <laughs> but uh but this, this is an amazing um overkill album produced by Terry Date who did all the classic Pantera albums, uh, produced a lot of great albums. Um, I, I love Overkill, a band that never lost their integrity. Uh, love. And, and, you know, I just heard a new snippet of the new album that's coming out. It was supposed to come out in November. Now it's pushed back to February. I'm going to see them in March. And like I said, I'm going to do my best to, to hook up with them and to interview uh, you know, probably, you know, uh, Bobby Blitz before the show, you know, for the Rock and Metal Combat podcast. Uh, I'm so stoked. Overkill. Uh, just an amazing band that never lost sight of thrash is not a dirty word. Thrash is a great word. Thrash Fuck is a- everybody that hates thrash. Thrash or die, dude. Fuck exactly. You. Exactly. But, you know, you know, there was a lot of thrash bands that lost their way. And even though, you know, Overkill took a couple detours, you know, like uh, I Hear Black. I Hear Black rules because it's Sabbathy. It, exactly, but it's still, it, it it's changed, but with integrity. Yes, it, you're right. Ian, that's why I love you, brother. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it's not like a, hey, we're going to get a ra- on the radio with this. It's like, hey, here's another, you know, aspect, you know, another band that we love. Uh, <laughs> you said ass. Yes. Uh, but you you know it was like a different band at that point. But they always kept their musical integrity. Uh, and right now they're putting out 
some of the best thrash music available. I mean, you listen to... Oh, I can't wait to hear the new one. You heard some of it? Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the what, new... dude? I haven't heard it, bro. Oh, the new the new album is called The Grinding Gear. I know about it, but you heard yeah. some of it? Yes. Oh, and it, it sounds... And it, it sounds amazing. I mean, is it like White Devil Armory, like that kick-ass? Yes, yes. Oh and, boy, and, and, I love that. And, and and this this lineup has been like the second most successful. I mean, well, the second longest, I should say, uh, I lineup of them. Yes, dude, Ian. Uh, Ian, I don't mean to cut you off. That's okay. The wine. That's but fine. But dude, to me, Ironbound and White Devil Armory. Is better than, and I love WFO. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, but I love those albums as much as fucking from year decay down. Oh oh yeah, and then the same way, dude. You talk about WFO. We're talking about Gasoline Dream. Oh, oh my, my god. god. Yeah. That song. Oh fuck. Oh. The oh. There we having a fucking overkill. Oh yeah, it, it, it it's amazing. But this lineup of you know Bobby Blitz, D.D. Bernie, uh, David Lisk. Derek Taylor and Ron Lipnicki on drums, and you really—I mean, as much as I love all these members, Ron Lipnicki on drums is just phenomenal. I mean, t- to me, it's like you know what uh, you know what Scott Travis did when he joined Judas Priest. I right. mean, just the biggest, like you know, kick in the ass, you know, uh, just powerful drumming behind this already epic band that still does it. I, I, I mean, you know, they make a living, but they're not rich. But the, here is a band that's not trying to be rich. They're just trying to do what they do with integrity. I believe in this band. I love this band. Horoscope, if you don't know it, check it out. An amazing That is my pick of the week. Yeah, Ian, you rule, brother. Thank you, brother. I wish I could be as metal as you this week, but I'm not. Because okay. I already have my pick of the week, and it's not metal at all. Oh, that's fine. But it rocks, dude. It fucking rocks. And I, and I, and I really want people to give it a chance, because if you, you know, because, you know, you know, Ian, dude, you and I, we have we have people on our Facebook page that accept shit like cheap tricks. Right. The Beatles and shit like that. Right. Well, anybody that fits to that type of music, I really think you are doing a disservice to yourself if you don't listen to me right now, including you, Ian. Okay. Check out the album Wholesale Meat and Fish by Letters Cleo. This is an album that's uh-huh. power pop to such a great degree. And to me, I mean, Letters to Cleo, I, I'm a big Letters to Cleo fan. Right. But I'm giving you guys what I think is their best album. And this is your second Letters to Cleo pick of the week. So. Oh, what? Really? Yeah. You pick, you what? Pick. Did I uh, did I pick Agora Borealis before or something? I can't remember, but... Uh, I think I, it was this one. But fuck uh, it. It's good enough to pick it twice. Yeah, if you didn't listen but, the first time. But I think you picked a different album, but this is... All right. A, I probably picked Agora Borealis, which is a great album as well. But I think this one's even better. There you go. And I want everybody just to check out one song. Okay? One song. If you hate it, then don't look into it. Because that's how much confidence I have in this band. That if you check out this one song and you dig it, if you don't dig this one song, then fuck you. Don't listen to Clutter's Deal. They're not for you. But to me, this is the perfect power pop song that if you like this song, you'll end up loving the whole album. And you'll end up loving the band. It's a song called 
Awake. And check out the song Awake. They actually made a video. It's the only video made for the album. This album was a flop. Well, I mean, come on. How many people know about Letters Cleo? Yeah, basically just uh, uh, Melrose Place fans. Yeah, Melrose Place had the song Here and Now. And I love that song. And then they had a movie. There was a movie called Thank the 10 Things I Hate About You. You know yeah. about that movie? Yeah, yeah. My old lady loves that shit. All right. At the end of the movie, Letters to Cleo is on the top of a building during the credits. And they're doing I Want You to Want Me from the from Cheap Trick. They do an amazing cover to Dangerous Type from the cards. Oh, really? Ooh, I love that oh, song. Oh, my God. You got to hear Dude, Ian, I'm telling you right now. If you like Dangerous Type... Oh, I love, I love that song. I love You're it. You're going to end up loving it. There's no way. And I know you, bro. Me and you disagree, but when, oh, when yeah. it comes to this song, you're going to agree. And you know what another killer cover they do? That's They released an album called When Did We Do That? Where it's a bunch of covers, but also original songs. Another killer cover they do is Cruel To Be Kind by Nick Lowe. Nick Lowe. Lowe. I, I love that song. Wait till you hear their version. Yeah. Well, anyway, they do a version, so uh, I want you to want me on um, the fucking uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. But forget all that shit. Please, everybody, listen to the fat uh, Awake. Awake by Letters to Cleo. If you don't like that song, then then don't listen to it. Don't listen to whatever the well, that and, and, and I'll say that's a great pick, and, and something I want to stress to our, our, our listeners is, like, you know, not only do I respect... You know, the fans that listen to episodes by a band they may not know or a band that they don't like, check out our picks of the week. You know, because our picks of the week are all over the place, but we wouldn't pick them if we didn't believe in them. And and you and me are fucking metalheads. I mean, let me tell you something, Ian. When I do a pick of the week, I don't think for myself, I think of the people who listen to it. And then when I see with people on our podcast, on our Facebook page that love Cheap Trick, love the cars, love the Beatles, love all that shit. I'm like, I'm thinking of them when I tell them, dude, listen a little Cleo. Now, I want to say this too. I want to just bring this up. If you end up liking Letters to Cleo, the singer of this band is called Kay Hansley. Oh, she's she's so adorable. She's a beautiful girl. And you know, I met her in person. Oh, really? On that tour. And actually, the Meat and Fish tour, oh, I wow. bet they were opening for the band called, uh, oh my God, whatever the fuck they were called. She was dating a singer at the time. Dude, I met her, and I told her how much I loved her voice. And dude, that girl was not creeped out by me. And I'm a creepy dude. And she was so nice to me and so loving and so... Well, because she loves the podcast. I mean, you know. Well, no, this, this was in the 90s, bro. Shh, roll with it. All right, yeah, yeah, she loves the podcast. And and you know what, dude? She ended up releasing a couple solo albums. So anybody that listens to Awake and ends up liking it, please, dude, you're doing yourself a disservice. Because if you love the Awake, listen to Kay Hanley. Hanley. It's K-A-Y-H-A-N-L-E-Y. She has two solo albums and one live album. It's called The Baby Doll EP, which is phenomenal. Carrie Marmalade, which is phenomenal. And a great live album, which is called KK Hanley TT at the Bear Palace, which she mixed it up with Letters of Cleo and K Hanley fucking solo material. 
material. This fucking girl. I mean, her voice is so infectious. Dude, I swear to God, bro. I love her so fucking much. And thank God I'm not a hen. Uh, what is that? Hinkley type dude. Yeah. Dead now, right now. Yeah. I and know. also, thank God I'm not like a member of the unpopular metal <laughs> metal group because I end up stalking her and killing her. Where I actually get my penis in the mouth of very pretty, yeah. beautiful girls that that keeps me away from Kane Hanley. Yeah, I know but, it's it's an unpopular metal opinion, but uh, check this album out. <laughs> really, it's not metal at all. It's not metal, but it's beautiful. And she does a great version of Dreams by. Uh, by Fleetwood Mac, and let me tell you something. I mean, look, if anybody out there appreciates female vocals, you're doing yourself a disservice by not checking out Letters to Cleo. And I also, one more thing, dude. I also want to give a a, a, a fucking plug to a podcast. Okay, dokie. There's a podcast out there we haven't talked about, and it's not part of our promos, but they're called Pods and Sides, okay? And they ended up doing a Letters to Cleo podcast. I, I forgot what album. It may have been Wholesale Meat, whatever. But they, those guys are funny. And they're different than us. See, here's the problem I have with some of the podcasts. But the... Oh, excuse me. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the podcast I'm talking about, it's not Decibel Greek. Because Decibel Geek is totally their own. Podcast is all their own. And Ironcast, those three podcasts, I'm leaving out of the equation because they don't copy us. Okay? Right. But other podcasts, and I'm not going to name the podcast, but the podcasts that do, po- that, that, that do copy us, fuck them, dude. But, but here I am right now. I'm here talking about fucking Letters of Cleo. Pots and Sides have no idea who the fuck we are. They're their own fucking people. I'm plugging them as well because they appreciate letters to Cleo. And hold on, Ian, Ian, give me a second. Hold on. Uh, hello. That goes to Pods and Sides because you know what? Those those guys that, and I heard, dude, listen to their episodes about ELO, Electric Light Orchestra, and Letters to Cleo. Those guys are funny as fuck. But you know what makes them awesome? They're funny in a different way that you and I are funny. Another one I'd like to give a shout out to that I, I totally believe in is uh, is uh, Mystery Science or Kissery Science, Science Theater. I've heard them as well. They're nothing like us, and I totally plug them as well. And, and they're from Canada, so please, they have enough problems. Listen look, to them. Look, I, I'm not here to bash anybody, but come on, anybody can. Anybody that knows two plus two is four will understand. Anybody out there that's been either a part of our podcast or like knows of our podcast, they're copycats. And then there's podcasts that were out around before us, like Yes. Like Decibel Geek was around before us. Podcast was around before Ironcast may not have been on before us, but they still are not like us. Yes, yes. We gotta give a plug to Ironcast. Okay, come oh, on. Oh oh hell yeah, dude I Mr. T, Luke Innes, and fucking, uh, oh my god, so many people. Hey, to- dude! Greg Barnes, dude. Greg Barnes. Yes, Greg Barnes. We've got to get him back on our show. Yes. I love that fucking fruity fucker. Oh, he, he was an amazing guest. <laughs> One of my favorites. And you know what? I love, and you know, even the podcast that copy us, 
Fuck it, dude. That's the, the, the what, uh, what do they say that? Ian, the serious form of flattery. Yeah. Um, I'm beyond hammer, bro. You take over. All right. Well, uh, if you, if you love this awesome episode, uh, that, that was about nothing, come back next week when our special guest is none other than Mr. Megadeth, Dave Mustaine. Mustaine? Holy shit, bro. I better be sober for that. Dave Mustaine is going to come back and he's going to talk about the new Metallica single, but he won't tell us what he thinks about it. So it's going to be an interesting interview. I saw that interview. He said, yeah, I heard it, but I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, you know what? I love you, bro. I love how you brought that up. That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Here we go, bro. (laughs) And anybody that's listening right now, here's for you, dude. A fucking cheers for you that heard our amazing news episode. That's right. Cheers and Roebuck. Fuck that Deep Purple review. Let's do that some (laughs) other time. I'm too hammered. Coming soon. Yeah. Steve Kirsch rules. We, we we can we can do the review now if you want and, and we can just add news later. Let's go, bro. Okay. Alright. Alright, bro. Alright, here I go. Hold on, I just farted. Alright, here we go. Okay, so you got a copy of this? You know what songs we're talking about I and everything? What the fuck we're doing, dude? You you leave me alone, bro. Okay, bye. Hey, I wanted to watch my review before we did this so I can get like but you know what, dude? I would like to do the spontaneous, and you got your notes. You know, it's oh, cool. There we go. I'm not, bro, I mean, this is an album I grew up on, bro. I know oh, this album well, well, not- let, me, let me ask you this. Uh, your interview, is it like 15 minutes? Do you want to watch it real quick, and then we'll do it? No. Or? Okay. No. All right. Well, let's go into it right now, then. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, now it's time for the review. And, you know, some of you people that are behind the scenes that don't understand this, me and Ian, we just finished this whole new news episode that you heard next week, last week. And he said to me, dude, you want to, like, take a break and go watch your review of Rock? Because I did a review on YouTube, but I was like, fuck that shit, brother. You have your notes. I'm just going to wing it on the fucking drunkenness I am of the show you learned last week. I'm still as drunk because this is the same fucking show, bro. So we're going to review In Rock. And let me tell you something. Ian, stay quiet. In Rock, to me, is the best fucking Deep Purple album. And when I did the YouTube review to In Rock, I went online and I looked up facts and I got all the articles and I, and I knew my shit on my YouTube review. But now, I'm gonna review the shit from the drunken, it's not me, bro, it's this guy right here, listen. It's Wine. Wine is gonna review this review. And I have with me the coolest, I mean, because I am so glad there's nobody else I would like on my podcast than Ian fucking Wadley who did listen to this album and did do his news, uh, I mean, his little reports or whatever the fuck. He did the job that I did on my YouTube review. So that saves me a lot of problems. So Ian, what do you say you and I review what I think is the best Deep Purple album? But before we do, let me ask you something, brother. 
Do you think it's the best Deep Purple album? Oh no! Alright! What is Ian Wadley's favorite Deep Purple album? Oh, um, wow. That, 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 that's a loaded question. Um, man. Shot a load on a space today. Uh, I'll tell you what, even though it's, uh, it, it's hard to listen to because of, uh, you know, Overkill, uh, and, and not the band, and not the Motorhead album, uh, I would say Machine Head overall, uh, would be my favorite Deep Purple album. But uh, I also have to give a you know a shout. Out. It's like we talk about Black Sabbath. Um, you know, your favorite album isn't Never Say Die, but it's the one you listen to the most. Oh, In Rock is the one you listen to the most. No, I, I was getting there. Um, the one I listen to the most is Stormbringer. Everybody talks about the Big Four. Well, in the '70s, you really had the Big Three. As far as hard rock, you know, it was Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, and Deep Purple. But Deep Purple was always that band that was kind of on the outside. Uh, yeah. You, you know, uh, I, I mean, they had their rabid fans, you know, for sure. But they, even in their home country, uh, you know, it's like Zeppelin and Sabbath were... We're right here, and Deeper was always a, a step behind. And I don't mean that as a disrespect. I just mean in terms of popularity and in terms of acceptance. Even though, you know, Richie Blackmore and, and the band wrote one of the most influential songs of all time with Smoke on the Water, they were always just, you know, that notch below Sabbath and Zeppelin. Uh, but I absolutely love them. I mentioned this. Ian, Ian, may I say something here for a second? Go ahead. Um, um, because you are very much younger than me. It wasn't until the mid '80s that Ian, that Deep Purple became a notch, respect-wise, under those albums because because they were long, they were away for too long. That res, that that Deep Purple became kind of unforgotten, like forgotten. For the contribution they did, right. But me as an old fuck, that you know, I'm way older. Than, I mean, how much older am I? I'm like more than ten years older than you. No, right? no, no. I, I think you're eight years older than me. What, All right, I'm eight what, years when, older than when, you. When, when were you born? Uh, 1965. Oh, you're nine years older. I'm 74. You're nine years older. Than me. All right, I'm nine years old. When I was a little little kid. I remember, dude, when I first got into, when I started looking into rock music, the Deep Purple album that was like new at the time was called Best of Deep Purple, which was the album cover that was kind of like a the spaceship. spaceship? Yeah, yeah, 1977, I believe. Okay, so that's when I came into it. So they were still very well-respected at the time. Right. Okay, with Space Trucking, Smoke on the Water, Highway Star, Woman from Tokyo, they were still very much respected. By the time you came into it, it was already Perfect Strangers. Am I correct? Right. Very correct. Very correct. Actually, right. actually, they, my, 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 my first uh, Deep Purple album was House of Blue Light. Okay, there you go. See, see, by that time, you didn't have the knowledge I had. At that, right. and by the way, everybody, you're listening to the episode that was 
<laughs> prolonged from last week's episode where I'm still extremely fucked up. And uh, I want to say, and this is what makes this this show so kick-ass. Me and Ian grew up at different times. So yeah. I had this different type of respect for Deep Purple that by the time House of Blue Lights came out, I was kind of like, eh. But Ian was still like, oh my God, I'm new to this. this is oh, crazy. yeah. Oh, dude, I heard Bad Attitude. I saw the video for Bad Attitude, and I was like, oh, oh and I love this, I'm like, this is awesome. I'm glad this is going on the Parker Metal Podcast podcast. I know I didn't pronounce it. <laughs> but that, that reminds me a lot of this song, Speed King. Oh, you want to get into the review? <laughs> All right, dude. I'm, I'm sorry, Ed. I'm sorry. No, no, dude, no, no. Ian, 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 wait, wait, wait. Before, before I let you continue, because Ian, I'm telling you, telling you this right now, I'm beyond hammered. Oh yeah. Uh, Ian, Ian Wadley now is gonna take care. Is gonna take control of the rock and metal combat <laughs> podcast because I'm just too fucking hammered. And in, in order for this episode to end, we're gonna have to leave it. Ethan. Go for it, my boy. Oh shit. Well. We, we we are we are talking about Deep Purple, and uh, the the first album where they really got recognized, uh, especially in their own country, because Deep Purple was much like um, you know bands like Bad Company, uh, you know, Savoy Brown, Death Leopard, were ignored in their home country, but uh, you know respected in America. The first three. Deep Purple albums, studio albums, uh, were much better well-received here in the States. And uh, then they made, you know, a lineup change. They made a singer change and a bass player change. And they they made this, uh, I want to say horrible, but I never listened to it because I hate the whole genre. But they made, like, a, an orchestral album called Concerto uh, for the band and... Uh, and and Ingve Malmsteen, uh, that didn't do that well, but they ended up making uh, a rock album. And if I remember correctly, uh, Deep Purple was at a crossroads, where uh, you know John Lord kind of wanted to go the whole, you know, the orchestra movement and and do that thing. Richie Blackmore wanted to go more rock, and they're like, okay, well we'll do an album your way, and then we'll do one my way. And whatever sticks, you know, will go that way. Uh, luckily, the orchestral shit didn't make it, but In Rock did. It went to uh, number four on the UK charts, but only uh, 128 in the US, but still uh, made an impact. It's considered one of the first heavy metal albums of all time. You know, it's right there with the first Black Sabbath album with Led Zeppelin. Uh, we're talking about Deep Purple and Rock, if you didn't know. Uh, the first song on this one is a little ditty called Speed King. And, uh, Ralph, why don't you talk about Speed King and what it means to you? <laughs> he went to go pee-pee. <laughs> or he fell asleep. Did he fall asleep or did he go pee-pee? Hey, Ralph! Ralph? What the fuck was that? Did he fall down? We have no idea. Ralph? 
Hello? <laughs> yeah, baby! <laughs> there he is! <laughs> I wonder you were laughing because I was away taking a piss or something. Yeah, I was I was totally talking to you. <laughs> I'm sorry, Andy. What did you say? Repeat that. Oh, okay. Uh, Rev, uh, talk about Speed King and what it means to you. All right, look. Speed King is a song that's not only a kick-ass fucking kick-ass fucking song, but it's given a nod to Little Richard, Buddy Holly, and all the fucking Elvis Presley, whatever the fuck. Everything that came before it is given a nod saying, good golly, Miss Molly, in the House of Blue Light, which later became an album, House of Blue Light. Um, you got, I mean, no, no, you don't got to respect Deep Purple for this, but you know what? Ian and I do. Because Ian and I are better than you, if you don't respect this shit. Now, if you respect this shit, you're, you're in the same level as Ian and I. Okay, so I'm not looking down on you. I'm not looking down on anybody. But just the fact of the matter is that, you know, if Ian and I understand the greatness of the respect of the title of the House of Blue Light and the good golly Miss Molly in the House of Blue Light. You know, dude, in rock, that first song, Speed King, I don't know what the fuck Ian said, but I'm going to tell you right now, that song is pure, a pure nod and respect to the fucking rock and roll of what Little Richard Buddy Holly, Elvis Presley, and you know, okay, forgive Elvis Presley to Ian Wiley, whatever. <laughs> I know Ian Wiley doesn't love Elvis Presley, but you know what? I don't give a fuck if Ian Wiley doesn't love Elvis Presley because I'm gonna love him regardless, dude. Ian Wiley loves Little Richard and Chuck Berry. Am I right? True story. Two out of three ain't bad. My 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 king and queen of rock and roll. <laughs> Exactly. I may love Elvis Presley, and Ian may see him as a sellout, faggot, fuck, wad, whatever. But I still love Ian, regardless. I don't give a fuck. But here's my... Dude, Speed King? I, I'm fucked up. And let me tell you something. If you want to see, like, my quote-unquote <laughs> technical side of what I think of Speed King... And quote unquote, what I think of Enrock, then go on YouTube. Because in this review, bro, you're going to hear what my wine thinks of fucking Speed King, bro. I'm going to tell you right now, Speed King fucking kicks ass. And I want to throw this in and whatever. It doesn't have to do with the Gillen. All right. Badlands. I saw Badlands in a clock. <laughs> And, re, and Ray Gillen said, Ray Gillen, the late, great Ray Gillen who died of AIDS, okay? He went up to the Gillen and said, I may not be related to Ian Gillen, but this next song is dedicated to the greatness of Ian Gillen and the history of rock and roll. And you know what? Badlands that night played Speed King. Nice. And they, speed, they played it with fucking vengeance. And that's all I got to say. Ian Gillen, Ray Gillen, Jakey Lee, Richie Blackmore, John Lord, Ian Pace, Roger Glover. Let me tell you something, you fuckwads that are on unpopular metal opinions. <laughs> if you don't know what rock and roll, fucking Deep Purple and rock, 
Get the fuck off this page, you fucks! Thank you. Wow. Um, what a statement. What a, what a way to open the album. Uh, you know, Ralph brought up a lot of great points. It does give a lot of nods to some classics from, you know, uh, you know, Good Guy Miss Molly, you know, Tutti Frutti and Lucille, you know, Elvis and Chuck Berry. Yeah. Um, I, this song musically, holy shit, um, the way it starts out, and if you, if you were in Europe, you got the full beginning, which was, you know, you know, you know, this crazy guitar intro and some feedback, and then it led into, like, you know, the organ solo and stuff. If you lived in the U.S., you got an abbreviated version of the keyboard intro, and then it Oh, was... wait, 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 yeah, I'm so, I hate to cut you off. Go I'm ahead. sorry. No, that's all right. Go I ahead. Really do, I'm really drunk. If I was a little more sober, I'd love to cut you off. Okay. But you know what? Dude, seriously, fuck everybody. You guys got to listen to the U.K. intro. Yes. Fuck the American intro. That intro with the guitars and the drums and the speed back, that's the real intro to Speed Kick. Right. The real one. The one that's after that is fucking bullshit. Carry on intro. Carry on intro. All right. Well, um, I agree musically. Um, wow. What, what, what a fucking way to, to, to start this off. I think it's so interesting. Uh, what lets it down for me is is lyrically and and I, I love Ian Gillen but I mean he is a weird lyricist he he does a lot of double entendres he does a lot of you know tip his hat to his influences and I respect that but I I, I think if, if there's any weak point to this song it's uh it, it's the lyrics but musically, I think this song is so pounding, and and it's like the, the fucking overdrive of, of of Richie Blackmore and John Lord and you know and Ian Pace, you know I think are the real standouts on this. Uh, it's amazing lyric lyrically. It kind of leaves me wanting more, but musically it's so strong. It's like he could be saying yabba dabba do, and it doesn't matter because it, it's the way it's delivered. Um, this wasn't a single from the album. There, there actually, there was no single from this album. There was a single. It was Black Knight. I th- love that song. Oh, I yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm drunk, dude. That's I okay. gotta cut you off. It's Go ahead. payback time. Go ahead. But Black Knight was not, was not on the album. It was a, and yeah, hey, correct me if I'm wrong. It was a big hit, right? Yes, it was. All right. Alright, here's the deal. Shut up, Ian. Black Knight came out uh, uh, before in rock and it fucking blew everybody's mind. And it's like, holy fuck. I mean, dude, nothing against Dave Edmonds and Nick Simpler because, dude, I love Book of Talisman, Shades of the Purple, and the album Dave Purple. I'm, I'm nothing against that shit. Dude, I love those albums. But, dude, come on. You and I, let's stop. Ian and I, Ian, you yes. and I, let's stop bullshitting each other. The fucking Mach 2 was better, right? Hell yes. Hell yes. Okay. It was better. And then when people heard it in rock, they were like, whoa. But when they heard it, they were Black Knight, they were like, whoa. But then when they heard it in rock, they are like, whoa, 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 whoa. 
in Rock in Black Knight was kind of like telling the planet Earth. They're telling the planet Earth is like, hey, bro, we got a different lineup. Check this out and get ready for our next album. Am I right, Ian? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I mean, definitely. I mean, Black Knight was, uh, you know, that was the sign of, hey, here's the direction we're going. But uh, you know, the difference between Black Knight and Speed King is like going from paranoid to holding the sky. You, you know, I mean, there was a whole nother level of heaviness that they yeah. that, that that they took with Speed King, and like I said, while, while lyrically I I find it lacking. Uh, it's more about the music and the emotion behind it. I think is far more important than what it's saying lyrically, because musically, it's just so fucking heavy and so pounding. Nice. You're so fucking cool, bro. And, I love and, and, and it, it it creates, you know, part of a whole new genre, you know, that you would get with Led Zeppelin, that you would get with Black Sabbath. I mean, here is like a new. You know, this is a new call of arms. This is the new, you know, it's it's so different than what, you know, the Beatles or the Stones or, you know, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. This is something that is, like, fucking just, like, so, uh, you know, the musicianship level is very high, but at the same time, it's still so powerful and, 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 and different than everything else that's going on and very, very influential. I love Speed King. Ralph, why don't you take the next song, and that is... Bloodsucker! There you go. Bloodsucker. Alright, let me tell you something, man. The next album was called Fireball, am I right? Yes. Um, yes. Dude, next... I don't know if I can get done with this review, this review. I'm too hammered. Okay. But I'll try. Okay. Bloodsucker. It's a song that fucking... It's just so grimy and heavy. And during the song Bloodsucker, Ian Gillen screams his ass off and he says, No, no, no! Am I right, Ian? Right? He screams yes, that sir. Shit. Yes. But then the next album has a song called No, No, No. That's but true. This, I think this song should have been called No, No, No. It's better than fucking. What's the name of No, No, No? It's the same name of that song. It, no, it's called No, No, No. Oh, the second uh, Fireball has a song called No No No. Yes. This song is called Fireball. I mean, Bloodsucker, but it says No No No, right? Right. Well, I don't know. Whatever. But you know what? I love Bloodsucker, and I like it more than No No No. But you know what, dude? I love No No No. But you know what? I love I love In Rock so much more than than Fireball. But I'll tell you this right now. The song No 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 off Dark Fireball is a badass song, dude. It's a, I was, I, dude, you know, fuck everybody out there. I'm too fucking drunk to do a fucking review. I'm too fucked up, dude. I've been drinking since, what time is it, Ian? What time is it? I mean, look at uh, this. It's, it's 11.15 where I'm at, so it's 12.15 right, 11.15, and that means it's 12.15 where I'm at, right? Right. So that means I've been drinking since five o'clock. So what's that? Like six hours or seven hours? Yeah, carry the two. Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right I'm too drunk. I'm too fucking drunk. I'm too drunk to do a, a, a real review. But I'll tell you this right now. I may be too drunk, and I may be saying right now, my my pop, my fucking keyboard just fell on the floor. 
Uh-oh. But let me tell you something right now, bro. I may be too drunk, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck Fireball, fuck all that shit, fucking rock. But you know what? No, no, no. A, fire, a Fireball is badass. But you know what? I like in rock, Bloodsucker even more. But, th- dude, really, seriously, everybody out there, get all the fucking life. Just because I like Fireball more, I mean, I just, just because I like Fireball more than No, 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 I still love No, 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 though. Does it make it a bad song just because I like a song more than it? No, no, right, no. Let me ask all you faggots out there. If you like, let's say, um, a black dog more than, than Stairway to Heaven, but you still love Stairway to Heaven, does that make Stairway to Heaven a bad song? No, I'm no, sorry. no. That even make sense, dude. Kind of. I don't know. I'm sorry. Ian, I'm too drunk, dude. Just hang up on me if I'm too drunk. You, you want to keep going or you want to stop? I want to keep going, but I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Okay, well, uh, uh, I'm going to give my opinion now on Bloodsucker. Yes, of course. Uh, Bloodsucker... What a great fucking groove. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love... Uh, to, to me, the, this whole band sounds like, you know, five soloists on, on one song because everybody has their spot and everybody fucking shines. This is my favorite song on the album. Bloodsucker uh, your favorite song? Bloodsucker is my favorite song. Wow. Uh, I, I I love it. Uh, they would later redo it on the abandoned album. Abandoned album, not yes. as good, but still kick ass. Yes, uh, with, with Steve Morris, and they would call it Blood, B L U D S U C K E R. Uh, of course, it's not as good as the original, uh, but this is my favorite song on the album. Absolutely love it. Uh, everything that's great about Deep Purple is in this song, you know, in my opinion. What I love about the Mach 2 lineup, uh, everybody's firing on all points. I mean, Pacey's drums are awesome. Fucking, you know, John Lord's on point. Blackmore's on point. Gillen sounds great. Roger Glover is keeping, you know, a solid bass line going. It's an amazing track. Uh, Definitely my favorite song absolutely love it but then we go into the song that is probably the most famous song on the album and and probably my most favorite song oh well there you go Ralph why don't you talk about Child in Time Child in Time alright here I'll take care of this dude. okay step aside Ian I, 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 I just moved alright before I pass out right. Child in Time it's not only a song, it's a fucking religion, right? I saw Deep Purple on Strangers, Strangers Tour. What are the Strangers, Strangers? Per, per, perfect Strangers. Perfect Strangers, 1984. And uh, they played Child in Time. And you know what, bro? Ian Gillen that night hit every fucking note on that song, dude. And he hit it with conviction. And he fucking nailed it, bro. And I was like, oh my God. 
And to me, that to me, child in time to me is the ultimate, ultimate Deep Purple song. It has everything you want in Deep Purple. You have the greatest, like the little mellow intro, and then the little build up. Ian, Ian fucking Gillen hitting the high notes. And then that fucking jam in the middle with fucking Ian Gillen. I mean, Ian. Uh, Richie Blackmore and fucking um, John. Oh my Lord. God! Yeah, John Lord and Ian Pace bashing it out. Roger Glover keeping the beast down. Then it goes back into the middle section, and Ian Gillen hitting notes that nobody. Come, come on, Ian! Come on, tell me right now. You and I, tell me right now. Has anybody hit notes as high as Ian Gillen? Oh hell no! I on fucking made in Japan's version of in of fucking child in time. Oh hell no! Nobody. To me, anybody out there that you want to listen to, dude, I'm so beyond plastered. I can't hardly stand here. But listen to me. Listen to me, good. Go uh, go on YouTube if YouTube has it. If they don't have it, then fucking order on Amazon and give yourself a service. By the time Nathalia Gomez Fernandez is fucking hot, go on there and fucking buy that fucking made in version, made in Japan version, and listen to Ian Gillen bash out Child in Time. If it's not on YouTube, buy it. And then you come back to me and tell me, oh, he wasn't that good. I bet you can't. I bet you can't, because that right there, Child in Time, it, to me, to me personally, is the ultimate Deep Purple experience, especially on, on Made in Japan. On on Child in Time, it's just as good as Made in Japan. But the only difference between Made in Japan and in rock is that when you listen to rock, you say to yourself, "Oh well, that's studio magic." When you're listening to me in Japan, you're like, whoa, that's not Studio Magic. This motherfucker's a badass. Child in Time to me is the ultimate, ultimate Deep Purple song. Best song on the album. Greatest song ever. And, and Ian, keep going, bro. I'm too drunk. All right. Um, <clears throat> this is a song I used to hate. And uh, the, the first time I heard it was the uh, Made in Japan version. But at the time, you know, you know, I was probably about 12 years old the first time I heard it, and I, I, I couldn't accept shit that long, you know. It was just like, like too, like, ugh, for me, and and I didn't like stuff that was different from the live version, and and like I said, you know, stuff that long. Now that I'm older, uh, you, you know, and I, I know, I know Ralph hates him. But uh, I, I love the Grateful Dead. I love jam bands, and I you know I love shit that goes on long. I have the patience for it now. I have the appreciation for the music. But at the time, I was just like, oh my god, when's this gonna end? Where you know, because there's no like you know sing along chorus. Uh, but now you know, being older, man, the way I appreciate the song and. Uh, you know, doing some research, something I never, I never knew. You know, reading different, you know, versions on the song. Some people say it's an anti-Vietnam song. Uh, other people say it's an anti-Cold War song. 
I would have to say out of those, I agree with it more being an anti-Cold War than Vietnam. I think it, it talks more about, you know, uh, you know, you know, nuclear war and, and the war between the West and the East uh, than necessarily just Vietnam. But, oh my God, the buildup and those screams. And, uh, you know, a crazy thing about this is it was based... Uh, on another song, John Lord was playing this, and there was a band called, uh, oh my god, what's it, uh, It's a Beautiful Day was the name of the band, and they had a song called Bombay Calling, that John Lord knew, so he's playing it one day in rehearsal, Ian Gillen hears it, he's like, oh, that's awesome, he goes, I got a lyric for that, I got a melody, so they did that, but it was basically kind of ripping off another song. Well, that's that same band. It's a beautiful day. Would later in retaliation, uh, they would rip off "Ring That Neck" by Deep Purple, and they called their song "Don and Dewey." <laughs> I know makes no sense, but you know they ripped off them, and then they ripped off Deep Purple. That's how music goes. You know, you have your influences, you have all this, but I mean the the song that really stands the test of time is child in time and you know now that i'm older and i'm more into the musicality of it i absolutely love it you know you know and i love all versions i love the studio version i, I love the you know the in japan version i even like you know and a lot of people hate this but ian gillian ian gillian on his first solo album did a jazz version of it uh you know a lot of people call sacrilegious but I like jazz, you know. I love Miles Davis. I love John Coltrane. I love shit like that. I thought it was cool, you know. You know, even though this is the version, you know, I prefer, well, this and the Made in Japan version, uh, you know, are my favorites. But I've really come to embrace this song. But I've seen a lot of people that like uh, uh, Deep Purple, and they're like, oh, I don't get, ch ch you know, Child in Time. And I get that. The only thing I can say is give it time. Give it a child in time, if you will. Uh, you know, on repeat listens, it's it's more rewarding, and you see the beauty and the majesty of the song because it is. I mean, it's so fucking epic, you know. Because we're talking like heaven and hell epic. We're talking like stargazer epic, you know. We're talking like the theme from the Greatest American Hero, epic, you know. It's uh. An amazing song. It's not my favorite. I mean, like I said, my favorite is Bloodsucker. But I, 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 I heard that. Um, I, I will admit this is a better song than Bloodsucker. I just happen to love Bloodsucker more. This is probably the best written song on the album. Uh, absolutely love it. But then we go into a song that was never played live by Deep Purple. And that's a little ditty called Flight of the Rat. Isn't that crazy? That song rules. Say what? I said that song rules. Is that crazy? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. They, they, they never played it live. Um, and, and this is a song, when I hear this one... All I can think about is Brian May ripping off this song because if you listen to, to Blackmore's guitar, I've heard that same riff 
in about ten fucking Queen songs. Wow. You know, and, and, and I'm not the biggest Queen fan, so I can't come up with names. But, you know, for those of you that are Queen fans, put on Flight of the Rat right now and get back to me. Because you can probably, oh, that's that Queen song. Because I, I, I think I think Brian May, while I love and respect Brian May, I, I think he made a whole career out of this riff. And that, you know, that that's me personally. Um... But, oh my God, do I love this. And what stands out to me is, is the solos on this. Because not only do you have a great Richie Blackmore solo, you have a great Ian Pace solo. You have an amazing John Lord solo. I mean, you have three, like, solid solos that hold their own ground all in one song. And, and to do that without losing the point of the song... Um, I, th- I think is absolutely amazing. Ralph, what do you think of Flight of the Rat? Uh, I, I love it, bro. I think it's rough. I'm sorry, what was that? Drunk. Okay. Alright. Well, what do you think of the next song, Ralph? Into the Fire. It's off. I say what? <sighs> <laughs> All right, hey, you okay? You all right? Oh shit! Oh, that didn't sound good. Oh shit! Oh shit! You totally puked. Hello? Hello? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. hey, 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 hey! Why don't you go to bed, brother? <laughs> Ralph <laughs> Holy shit Hello Oh my god Oh my god Oh my god you're puking so much Holy fuck <sighs> This ain't good. Hello? Oh, motherfucker. Shit. Oh, shit. He hung up on me. Fuck. Hello? This ain't good. Oh, boy. Ralph. <laughs> 